Blog Talk Radio. And it is January 7, 2014. And it is me, Commissioner T, here, the omniscient one, hosting the Madden Voice, first show of the new year. And I hope everybody has started off the new year, um, you know, the way you want it to start off the new year. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. I don't believe you have to wait to change the calendar to make changes in your life or to make changes in who you are or what you want to do. I believe you can start right now and be uh, whoever it is you want to be. Change whatever it is you want to change. Do whatever it is you want to do differently. But that said, if in fact you did uh, make some New Year's resolutions, if in fact you did pledge to do something different for 2014, maybe it was dieting or working out or um, being kinder to people or going to church more or finding the special someone in your life or who knows, a plethora of things that people vow to. Well, you know, you, it's been a week. How you making out? How you doing? Hope you're meeting your own personal goals. I wish everyone the best in uh, this year, 2014. And uh, with that said, I'm here alone. Uh, I, I believe I will be getting Dr. Train joining me shortly. Um, and that might be it for tonight. I'm not sure about K-Star. He had some um, um, power issues out his way. As you know, this, this polar vortex, you know, every year, you know, you, you know if, remember we had El Nino and La Nina. And it seems like every year when there is a weather phenomenon, they come up with a new name for it. Um, so now with this deep freeze that has hit uh, most of the country, it is the polar vortex. Uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting is it is Tuesday night, January 7th, 2014. Uh, I'm here in Bristol, Connecticut. No, I am not with ESPN, at least not yet. Um, but it happened to be broadcasting in the same town as, e- as ESPN, Bristol, Connecticut. And uh, it is probably, I don't know what it is, outside five degrees maybe. And yesterday morning, January 6th, it started off almost 60 degrees out. Uh, it, 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 and then two days before that, it was five degrees again, so I don't know what's going on with this weather, but um, 
the polar vortex is affecting 187 million people. I got a message from the Weather Channel today, and uh, I believe uh, that's one of the reasons we may not hear from K-Star. He's having some power issues out in his home, so we wish him the best. Um, I'm not sure if Brother JB will be joining us, and um, if he does, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, if he can't make it, then we'll catch him next time. And I did get a message that Dr. Train would be joining us, but um, would be running a little bit late. So, um, so now it's kind of back where the mad voice started with just me, Commissioner T. If you do want to call in, you can call in at 347-838-9525. Um, the chat room is always open, so if you're online and um, you want to step into the chat room, it's usually always open. If you want to go to Twitter, uh, I've actually been spending a little bit more time on Twitter lately. I've got some very interesting uh, new followers on Twitter, um, including some celebrities that decided to follow the Madden voice. Pretty interesting. But nevertheless, um, if you are on Twitter and you want to send us a message, you can just uh, send it to the Madden Voice, or you can just um, post it and hashtag TMV for the Madden Voice. And, uh, you know, we'll see it, of course. And uh, last but not least, you can go to Facebook and just go to the Madden Voice on Facebook and post anything you like. Or if you don't want to go public, you want to send a private message, you can do that too. So, you know, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, and, um, of course, the chat room is open. Uh, you've got me, Commissioner T, 347-838-9525. I am not a big college football fan simply because, for me, the amount of time that it takes to absorb college football during the NFL season would take away from my love from NFL football. And if you notice, most of the analysts that they have are dedicated to either or most. And uh, if you watch an ESPN or any of the major sports networks, um, it's an either or kind of thing. So with that said, um, so, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm not a huge college football person. My brother is. If he calls in, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. He, him and my, and my dad are huge college football fans. Um, I watch the UConn games because I'm, I'm a Husky. And every once in a while, I will catch a game. Um, just because the matchup might be intriguing to me, uh, usually a, a bowl game or a BCS game, which, of course, BCS is now over. Um, and I usually do try to catch the national championship game, if nothing else, because it is, it is there, the, you know, it is the closest thing that college football has to the Super Bowl. So I usually try to catch the, the, the national championship game. And, um, or number one versus number two back, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And I, I got to tell you, um, I certainly caught last night's Florida State and uh, uh, Auburn game. And uh, I did go on uh, Facebook, for those of you who are Facebook friends with me. Uh, Terrence Floyd is my name. You can go ahead and look me up. Um, I did go on, and I, I made a, a relatively bold prediction that Auburn would win. And most of the pundits had Florida State because their offense – uh, considered by many the most prolific in uh, uh, college football history, um, you know, average margin of victory, something like 14 points a game, and you know, just insane. And uh, I just something told me that Auburn's running game. My question was their defense, and the defense came to play. And uh, you know, I was I was almost on point. I got to tell you, I feel my prediction was a lot closer than all those pred people that predicted Florida State to blow out Auburn because it was not. If anything, at one point it looked like Auburn might blow out Florida State. 
Um, but that said, Florida State did make a great comeback. It was a great game. If you, if you want to just watch a good football game, it was a great game. I did tell a few friends of mine that don't watch college football, you know, um, you know, if you want to watch a good game, usually the BCS, usually the title game is a good game to watch if you're a football fan. And this game did not disappoint. I actually, I don't know which game was better. I did see the 05 uh, um, Texas USC game with Vince Young uh, against uh, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, and and that game was also. Uh, I, I I don't know. It, to me, they're they're kind of neck and neck. Um, great, both great games. So I did enjoy that uh, the game last night. And uh, if Auburn didn't almost pull that one out and almost uh, uh, create uh, you know an upset, but uh, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, first freshman to win uh, the championship. And um, you know, I I, I I don't know if I'm just if I've just been tainted by the fact that the guy had so much bad press for most of the year. Um, I don't know. I I I, I, I don't like the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. That's my job. It's what I do. Um, just something don't set right with me about the guy. Um, he he you know, had a slow start. Came on great, especially in the second half and the last drive. Um, six for seven for, you know, uh, I think it was 80 yards, got the game-winning touchdown. Uh, certainly very articulate, says all the right things. Um, I don't know, though, just something, something bomb, just don't, just, I don't know. I just, I don't particularly care for the guy. But, you know what, I don't got to like him. I, you know, as a football player, he, he, he played great. Um, but I got to tell you now, of course, I don't have my brother here to give me names, but that running back from Auburn, 34 carries, 194 yards, including that last touchdown, that guy is the truth. Woof. Look out for him in the NFL whenever he decides to go. That guy, I mean, that, that guy is something else. But anyway, great BCS game. Hope everybody enjoyed it. If you didn't get to see it, um, and, and, and hats off to ESPN. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not the hugest ESPN fan, and maybe because uh, having spent most of my life here in Bristol or a lot of my life here in Bristol, uh, I probably know a lot more about ESPN than the average person, and um, not a huge ESPN fan, but I, I do give credit where credit is due. I say that, and then they, tomorrow they call me and say, hey, uh, Commissioner T, would you like to come work for us? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um <laughs> <laughs> but that said, uh, I got to give him credit with the megacast and the embracing of social media and really made the BCS uh, championship last night a huge event. It really, I mean, even just sitting home on my couch watching it, um, you know, it really made, it, 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 it felt like, you know, like a conference championship game or even a Super Bowl. It had that big game feeling to it. And and that's that's largely because of what ESPN did on the production side of it. So hats off to them for really producing um, a heck of a game last night to really, uh, I think, the average football fan, the average sports fan would have enjoyed. And that's really what you want. When you watch a sporting event that you normally don't watch and you can get into it and enjoy it, then you got to give the network and, and all the, the producers and, and people credit. And I, hats off to ESPN. I got on Twitter and they had huge, huge Twitter following on, on the game. Um, title talk, hashtag title talk, hashtag BCS championship. So, um, you know, they had it on online. You could watch it on your phone. You know, of course, three or four channels on, on pretty much every cable system. So they, they really did um, and they picked the right game to do this megacast because it was a great game. So 
If you were fiending for some good football and just coming off a weekend of good football, uh, it was a great way to end the weekend. And, and, and speaking of the weekend, and again, if you want to call in, 347-838-9525, and that gets you right to the mad voice, then press 1, and that lets us know that uh, you have something to say and you want to be heard. Um, but what a weekend for pro football. And uh, I, I thought I was going to go – I really, really thought I had a good chance of going 4-0 in my predictions, uh, being the self-proclaimed omniscient one. I uh, started off uh, Saturday. I, I uh, had a little, a little uh, influence on this one. Um, but uh, I had the Colts over the Chiefs, and uh, it started off not looking good. The Chiefs jumped out 38-10 to 10 on the Colts, but I kept the faith. And, you know, Andrew Luck um, – he is uh, showing that he's the real deal. Uh, now, someone, someone, and I believe it was his coach, uh, Pagano, uh, started comparing him to Michael Jordan. Um, first of all, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Great comeback, great game. Um, I, I think it was just as much um, Andy Reid and what I know of Andy Reid with his days in Philly as it was great, great uh, coaching and great, great uh, play calling and execution by Andrew Lux. It was a little bit of both. And they came back and won 45 to 44 over the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, this is, this is what people really have to slow their roll for a minute. Now, again, Andrew Luck has a great future. If he stays healthy and they continue to surround him with, with talent, um, two years, two playoff appearances, and, um, you know, he's heading to, heading to Foxborough, coming up my way to play the, the Patriots. It should be a great game Saturday night, 8, 8.15 on CBS. Uh, a- Andrew Luck is clearly being the uh, number one pick in the draft last year. is going to have a great future. There's, there's no, you don't have to be a football pundit to know that this guy has all the tools and is going to be a great quarterback. Um, but, you know, his second year, and you start to throw out comparisons to Michael Jordan, I mean, that's like sacrilegious. Michael Jordan is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best. Uh, and it, while he was still playing, was considered top 50 all time, and he was still playing when he got that honor. Now many people consider him the number one player to ever pick up a basketball. Six championships, um, six and. Uh, um, uh, 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 championship MVPs, um, I don't know how many all-star games, league MVPs, you know, the, the guy, I mean, you know, and, and his, and I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, so I, I, I think I know a thing or two about Michael Jordan, his will to win bar none. This is a guy who just, you know, in the fourth quarter, um, he's not going to lose. Now, I'm pretty sure that that's what Pagano was comparing him to, but it's way, way, way early. Um, to start throwing out those kind of comparisons. Very impressive game by Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, you know, you, you don't ever want injury, but I'll tell you, for the Colts, the Reggie Wayne injury, you know, you now have found Wayne's replacement because Reggie Wayne's 34 years old, 35 years old, um, or older. He might even be older than that. He's been around a long time. Um, he may have a year or two left, and you know, depending on how he comes back from his injury, but um, you, you, you found the heir apparent. And I don't know if you would have found that if Reggie Wayne was still on that team and he's the number one player, number one uh, um, wide receiver, number one option. 
And sometimes it is what happens. They call it progress stopping. That's what they call it in the NFL. When you have young players that you want to develop, but you've got older talent on the roster, you know, back in the day when you would have a Terrell Owens or a Randy Moss or a Chad Ochocinco, a.k.a. Chad Johnson or any of these guys, and at what point do you let them go and take a chance on some of the younger talent? Now, now fortunately for the Colts, they didn't have to make that decision. They didn't have to let him go because he got hurt. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is the real deal. He's a real deal. And what about Robert Mathis? You know, 18 and a half sacks. The guy, the guy uh, uh, 32 years old, um, um, second oldest uh, guy to lead the NFL in sacks uh, behind the great Kevin Green. Um, incredible. So hats off to the Colts, and um, we'll see what happens. We're going to talk uh, a little bit later about the upcoming uh, divisional games this weekend. But, you know, what a comeback, second greatest comeback in history. And, yeah, everyone knows if you're a football fan, you know the Frank Wright-led Bills came back from 35 down um, to, to – uh, um, beat the uh, uh, Houston Oilers uh, 20 years ago. So, uh, But this is the second greatest comeback of all time. So, uh, you know, hats off to the Colts. Hats off to Pagano. And a great, great game. And what does this tell you about the Chiefs? What does this tell you about uh, Andy Reid and Alex Smith? And, you know, they lose Jamal Charles early in the game, and they still manage to put some points up, and they still manage to uh, get up to a, a huge lead. Um, there's good and there's bad here to this Chiefs loss. First of all, I think the good is uh, I think you got your quarterback. And as I've been saying all year round, Alex Smith is more than just a game manager. Uh, you know, the guy put up 44 points, you know, and he, you know, and he made some throws and he made some plays. He is more than a game manager. I think he's your quarterback. I think he's your future, and I think Kansas City should be very happy to have him as their quarterback. Obviously, Jamal, Jamal Charles, uh, even though he had to leave with a concussion, that, that he's the real deal. You got Dwayne Bowe, you got Donnie Avery. You know, I, I think offensively, I, I think you're doing okay. Um, defensively, you, you know, you had some of your starters back. Ali was back, and uh, uh, the other defensive end, Name Escapes Me, was back. But – you know, you gave up 45 points, you know. So clearly there's some issues on defense that you've got to look at. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, at, on one side of the coin, Andy Reid is to be commended because he took a team with two wins, and, you know, they ended up the season with 11 wins on one side of the fence. On the other side of the fence, though, if anyone remembers Andy, Andy Reid's history with the Eagles, this is about what you had with the Eagles. You know, you had, a, you had a team that was always ready to go to the playoffs, that was always on the borderline of, you know, either winning the division or, you know, being competitive, getting a wild card spot in the playoffs. But, you know, in, in uh, how many seasons was he the coach of the Eagles? 14, I want to say. Was it 14 years? One Super Bowl appearance. And that was the famous uh, T.O. with the uh, broken leg, and he came back in nine weeks uh, and, and had a great game, and they, they lost to the Patriots. But, you know, Andy Reid, 10-10 and 10 now in playoff games. And I think that – no, now, now, obviously, you don't fire Andy Reid after one year. You obviously don't, you know, with the turnaround this team did. Um, you know, I, frankly, Andy Reid's probably candidate for coach of the year. But I think Kansas City fans need to keep an eye on this because this is what one of the reasons I 
pick the Colts. I mean, obviously, I told you I had a little little birdie in my ear talking about Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck. So uh, that influenced me to pick the Colts, and, and it was the right call. But the other reason I picked the Colts is because I know what Andy Reid does in the playoffs. A lot of playoff experience, but not a lot of playoff success. 10 and 10 in the playoffs as a head coach. Um, you know, I, I just think that if this team, if, if the Chiefs are going to be um, you know, in a, in a division where a Denver team is looking like they're going to be around for a couple of more years with Peyton Manning, can this Kansas City Chief and can Andy Reid compete? And right now, I'm saying, I don't know. I don't think so. You were swept by Denver. You go in and you lose your uh, wild card playoff game. You started off 9-0. and You finished the season 11-5. and So that means over the last seven games, you went 2-5. and um, You know, and yes, you know, I was at, I was in the Chiefs' corner when they were nine and zero, and I can hear K Star right now if he was here giving me a hard time. But I will say what I said, and we we talked about it ad nauseum. At nine and zero, and the last undefeated team in the NFL at that point in time, they deserved every accolade that I gave them because they had not been beaten. But when you go to next seven games and only win two, including getting swept swept by your division rival. Um, the, the Denver Broncos. Uh, so you go two and five down the stretch, and then you go into your uh, wild card game, and you're up thirty-eight to ten, and you blow it. Um, yeah, um, you know, you, you start to look at them a little bit differently. And I will mind you that even though uh, I've been on the KC bandwagon that I picked the Colts, and even though K Star has been anti KC, he picked the Chiefs. So, you know, you can believe in a team, but then look at the matchup, and what do I always tell you? I look at the coach and the quarterback. Well, Pagano and Luck are starting to, they're starting to blend a little bit there. I'm seeing something positive there. I'm seeing something long-term there. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, Peyton and Breeze possibly there. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's still early to start putting them in that category, but there's a lot of potential there. Um, Reed and Alex Smith, no. Re- uh, Andy Reed does not have... He doesn't have that background. He doesn't have that. Um, I mean, he had Donovan McNabb, you know, and then he had uh, uh, Michael Vick for a year, right? Um, I, I don't think Andy Reid is that kind of coach. I, I really don't. Um, so, I mean, could we say the ultimately was K-Star right and the Chiefs are who we thought they were? We just uh, we, The Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit! We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> you almost wish that you could see the video because the video is of Denny Green then just turning and walking off the podium because you could barely hear in the background one of the uh, one of the press people saying thanks, coach. And and I play that to say that ultimately, um, yeah, I guess the Chiefs were who K Star thought they were, and I'm okay with that, you know, because when they were nine and zero, they were who I thought they were, but I'm the one who picked the Colts and K Star picked the Chiefs. And, I, and, and I'll say it again, I, I firmly believe that this was, a, this was a situation where Andy Reid did what Andy Reid does. And if the Chiefs are going to break through, something's going to have to change on Andy Reid's level. I think they have all the talent in the world on both sides of the ball. 
But if they're going to be able to compete with the Denvers and they're going to be able to compete with the uh, Patriots of the world, and you know the Steelers are going to be back next year ready to play, um, you know if they're going to be on that level and compete, you know with, with these with these uh, teams, um, you know I'm pretty sure the Colts ain't going anywhere. Um, something's got to change on a coaching standpoint because what I saw is what I saw from Andy Reid for years. I didn't see a coach that had a new team that grew. I saw the same playoff disappointment that he had in Philly. Great regular season, or, well, maybe not great, but a solid regular season. But then you go into the playoffs, you blow a 28-point lead. I mean, you just, you know, and, and to me, that's, that's, yeah, it's some on the players, but do you give the Colts seven possessions in the second half? You're up by four touchdowns? I mean, do you or do you make some moves that limit their touches? You know, it 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 just to me this one's on coaching, and Andy Reid certainly is coaching a candidate ain't going anywhere. But you got guys in Kansas City, people that are Kansas City Chiefs fans, keep an eye on this team because they have the potential to become a, a dominant team in the AFC. They also have the potential to be another Philadelphia Eagles, uh, a solid, consistent team but a team that was never relevant. You think about all those years that Donovan McNabb was coach, I mean, was, was quarterback and uh, T.O. and Brian Westbrook and all these guys, Philly always had a solid team, a competitive team, but they were never relevant. They were never relevant. There was always the Packers and um, the Giants and the, the, the Saints. And, you know, there's always other teams that were the team, never the Eagles. And the Chiefs could end up being just like that. So keep an eye on it. I am pleased to announce that uh, we now have the uh, EAFL Super Bowl one winner, the man with the philosophy, the man – uh, you know, it's just quite, 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 quite frankly, the most loyal Bears fan that the Chicago Bears could ever have, and I'm going to be interested in his thoughts on the new contract that uh, Jay Cutler got. Uh, but we have Dr. Train. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What up, T man? It was ironic. As soon as I dial in, I hear Denny Green. I was like, Is he talking about the Bears? <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, I have to echo your sentiments. Uh, I didn't really think about that when it came to Andy Reid. But uh, you 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 actually kind of spot spot on because it it is kind of a uh, when you look back at what he had with the Eagles, it's a disappointment that they never won a Super Bowl because that was truly a competitive team every single season and they were dominating the NFC East. They were dominating the NFC, but never once could they get over the hump, you know, to win a Super Bowl and only made one Super Bowl appearance uh, after going to what was it five NFC Championship games? Yes, it was five. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you look at what happened in that game, you you can almost get a mirror image of okay, this is just going to be the Eagles from you know back then, except now it's going to be Kansas City because there's there's no reason why they shouldn't have been able to put that game away, especially with a lead like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, and 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 you know when when you have a seasoned coach like that. And you have a defense that was playing as well as it was playing in the first half. You have um, Alex Smith looking every much like um, like a superstar quarterback, not looking like the game manager that he's been able to make. The, uh, the, the game manager that he's been labeled, this guy was making plays, making throws, uh, scrambling. I mean, he was, looking, he was looking phenomenal in that first half. You know? And when you have all of that going for you, and then you give the Colts – 
without with, with Andrew Luck, who you know, even though he's wrapping up his second year, um, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, and you give him with T.Y. Hilton and Donald Brown and. Uh, Fleener and these guys, you give him seven possessions in the second half? I mean, you just, you know, they're, they're, to me now, there's coaching involved in that. There's a coaching yeah, error absolutely. there somewhere. And it goes right back to you echoing what I was saying. You heard, you heard me. I kind of repeated it again because I saw you come on, so I wanted you to hear my main point. But, you, you know, you're, you're in agreement with me that, um, you know, this year, if you just look at this year, yep. Uh, Andy Reid did a great job. Took a team that was two and fourteen to the playoffs. That is coach of the year material. But I'm looking deeper into this because I know this guy from watching him two games every year in Philly, and I saw exactly what I saw in Philly. You know, even when yeah. Philly was whooping up on Dallas when Dallas had horrible teams, um, I still just there was still something missing. Andy Reid. It was always just something missing from him. And uh, I'm telling the Kansas City Chiefs fans to keep an eye out next year, year after, next couple of years. And if this, this team has all the makings to be a dominant team in the AFC. And if they're not, there is one reason. And it's Andy Reid, and he, he would have to go at that point. You know? And I'll tell you, you see them next year, and they start looking like a 500 team, it's Andy Reid simple as that because this team should come in next year and be they should be destined for 12 and 4 easy with the talent that they have they should they should do as well as they did this year uh and be a little bit more consistent but i i I have my i have my doubts i I will say you know the one thing that this is that i got that i was disappointed in the chiefs just quit along is that you know 40 40 you know that, that was 40 some points they put up and they didn't win that game and, you know, the one thing I liked about the Chiefs during the regular season, you know, before they took their skid, you know, back when they are who we thought they were at 9-0, and and they were, uh, is that they dominated on the defensive side of the ball. And, and that disappeared down the stretch, and it continued on into the playoffs. Yeah, um, and, you know, and you, you can say injuries, but, you know, um, you, know you, you, you get to the point in the NFL where um, – you, you just can't use injuries as an excuse. You know, you, 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 you can, if someone asks you why, you can say we were injured. You know, we, we, you know but the reality of it is, is the backups get paid to play too. And the coach's job is to get those guys to go in there and fill those holes and do their jobs, change the scheme if necessary. If you have a scheme based on a pass rush and now you don't have any pass rushers, so now what's your, what's your strength now with the backups? You know, that's your job. You know, the, the scouting department's job is go there and, you know, go deep into the, into the draft, into the sixth and seventh rounds, go into the uh, undrafted free agents, go on the practice squads and get the best possible talent. You know, and the reason I say that is because we saw a Green Bay team a couple of years ago with Aaron Rodgers that had 16 starters on injured reserve win the Super Bowl. 16 starters. And they won the Super Bowl because somebody went out and got backups that could play the game. They got quality backups that could go in there that fit under the salary cap that they could, that could play the game. So it can be done. 
and that goes for all of us out there that didn't make the playoffs because we feel our rosters were injured. Well, you know what? No excuses. <laughs> you know, so – you know, I do know that the Chiefs defense was banged up and they had some injuries and people coming off injuries and they weren't 100%. But you know what? It's no excuse. You know, we've said this a number of times during the year. If a team scores 44 points, they should win a game. They should win a game. And um, except in this game where Andrew Luck uh, was able to score 45, but you just don't give them seven chances in the second half. You just don't do it. You know, you ju- you just don't do it. Um. Yeah, the next game I want to take a quick look at would be um, another one. You know, and again, I started off the weekend two and zero. The Saints um, going into Philly, where many people did not give Drew Brees and his team a chance outdoors in Philly in the cold weather to beat the Eagles, and um, you know he did it. And I always have said, if I wasn't a Cowboy fan, I'd probably be a Saints fan. And uh, they went into Philly and won twenty six to twenty four. You know, and, 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 and my comments on this were are just a couple. Um, you know, Philly certainly showed that they deserved. Uh, they are the, they deserve to host a, a home game, and uh, you know they, they certainly have a, a a bright future. I am a bit perplexed in Philly land why they are not committing to Foles long term. Um, I have said all year long that there was a reason why they waited so long to name Foles a starter. K-Star thought it was gamesmanship. K-Star thought that he's the man. But, again, the omniscient one is proving to know something because, okay, they're still not committing to the guy. Why? I mean, the guy had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, you know, uh, I think second or third highest quarterback rating once he became eligible, once he had enough passes underneath his uh, wing uh, in the NFL. Um, doesn't turn the ball over, which is the biggest problem you had with Michael Vick. Uh, I, I don't – at this point, even I am now saying he should be your guy. I mean, you know, where I'm sitting, he should be your guy. But for some reason, they're still not committing to him long term. I, I don't get it. Um, I, I really don't. I think he's your man. He's, he's your guy. But um, – but that said, the Eagles played – they played a decent game. But, you know, it, it, that's a game where, you know, it comes down to, to me, real simple experience. It was just playoff experience, coaching experience. Um, you've got Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And, uh, you know, you've got a, a, a first-year starter, a first-year NFL coach. And, and, and honestly, uh, the, right now I can't remember some of the plays that happened during the game that I said, uh-huh. This is what you do when you when you're new to the when you're new to coaching NFL football, and I I meant to go back and watch the game again and, and make notes. But um, hats off to Drew Brees and the Saints. Hats off to them going uh, in inclement weather, uh, cold outdoor weather, and getting the monkey off their back, and finally getting a um, outdoor road playoff win. And um, so I started off my weekend real good at two and zero because I know I called those two games. Uh, did you have any any comments on the Saints Eagles game? Uh, I, one, I think that's the total game was just really good. I mean, every game this weekend was was pretty good, with the exception of maybe Charts. one blowout. But yeah, that was that was a pretty good game. I mean, hats off to the Saints for just for just getting it done. I mean, they they knew what they had to do to get it done. I, I I picked the Eagles. I felt like they had a had, had an advantage being uh being at home and the way the Saints have been playing on the road. But they answered the bell, and then they did a really good job of locking up Deshaun Jackson. You know, up until that guy got injured. And they did a really good job of, uh, you know, controlling the ground game uh, with LeSean McCoy, you know, uh, yeah. following him up. 
The yeah. offense did what they needed to do, which was, you know, put up points because the Eagles was a fast, a fast scoring team. That's that they're fast and they score fast. So you you, you score more, you bottle up their playmakers. You know, uh, you, you pull out, you pull out a tough win. I think that was a very good win uh, by the by the Saints. I don't think that was a, a breeze at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I the Saints defense a lot of credit. Um, but can I just let me just I, you know, and I, I I do know that I get off on a cowboy bandwagon every once in a while, and you know what I can. It's my show. But let me just say this real quick because I was at um uh there's a there's a sports sliders um best wings best you know probably about 500 sports bars in the country they'll claim to have the best wings um or maybe 5,000 but um sliders has some incredible wings and even uh, espn um voted them one of the top sports bars in the country and i'm actually going to do a live show from sliders one of these days um, it's really really great sports bar and shout out to sliders and uh, shout out to todd the manager in plainville and shout out to fred the owner but uh let me just say that uh, Todd is a huge Cowboy fan, and him and I um, just see the team completely different. And I respect his views. I just don't agree with his views. And he's asking the same question many people have asked is, why did they let go of Rob Ryan after the great job he did in New Orleans? But Cowboy fans just have, like, amnesia because the guy did crap in Dallas for two years. Crap. I mean, he did not get the job done. I, I'm, I, I Good for him. This is his first year as a defensive coordinator to coordinate a team with a record of, of more than 8-8 eight eight in his career. The first time in his career, okay? And who should be his starting quarterback on this team that had a better than 8-8 eight eight record? Oh, that would be Drew Brees, wouldn't it? That would be one of the best quarterbacks arguably to ever play the game. Definitely a top 10 all-time quarterback, okay? Um, one of the four horsemen as named by my colleague, Dr. Train. All right, so, you know, let us let us. yes, he did a good job with the Saints. The Saints had, what, one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL? And he came in there and he turned it around and their fourth-ranked defense. Congratulations. That does not mean that that's what he would have did in Dallas this year because he had two years and did nothing. And I know firsthand the team wasn't organized, the schemes were complicated. He was not good in Dallas. And he deserved to be fired, just like Monty Kiffin deserves to be fired this year, period. So, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, that's, that's like looking at Alex Smith and saying, oh, San Francisco should have kept him. Well, no. <laughs> they went with Kaepernick, and that was their decision, and they're doing good. You know, the, the Cowboy defense could not get any turnovers. They got, they were one of the better teams in turnovers this year. Now, they gave up in yards this year. I get that. I get that, and that's a problem, and that's something that'll be addressed, okay? But they wanted turnovers. They changed the scheme to get turnovers. They wanted pressure, although they, they you know, a lot of, not excuses, but pass rushers were hurt. But my point is, is that it's apples and oranges. Good job he did in the Saints. It doesn't mean he would have did that in Dallas because he had two years in Dallas and didn't do anything. Simple as that. And let's see what he does this weekend. We're going to talk about that game shortly, but let's see what he does this weekend because – um, the Saints, you know, when they went to Seattle earlier this year, they got Mollywop 34-7. to So let's see what he learned and see what he's able to do in Seattle. Um, but that said, um, as I started off 2-0, Saints won. And I went into Sunday feeling pretty confident because I had the Bengals and I had the Packers. And they're both home. 
and I felt really good. And if anything, I felt much better about the Bengals pick uh, than I did about the Packers pick simply because 49ers are such a good team, um, you know, and, and you think about the game they played to open up the season, uh, week one, and it was Kaepernick's best game of the year. And, you know, you know the Aaron Rodgers is coming back uh, only his second game after missing seven weeks. And, you know, the Packers' defense is a bit suspect. So, you know, I felt better about the Chargers uh, losing and the Bengals being home and the, and the Bengals' offense just, you know, I thought they would just explode and I didn't think the game would be close. And I was right. The game wasn't close. Except I had the wrong team winning. I, 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 this is the most puzzling game of the weekend. I, I don't, I, and I kind of wish K-Star was here because he knows the Bengals, being that they're in his division, uh, better than I do, probably better than Train does. But I, I watched the game, and I kept waiting. And, you know, doggone Andy Dalton, who cost me, uh, you know, made me regret benching him in the fantasy football championship, played exactly the way I'm used to him playing. <laughs> so the one game, you know, he throws four touchdowns in a game and sitting on my bench, and he goes in here at home, and he stinks it up. I don't get, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what is going on with the Bengals. Andy Dalton is now on three as a as a playoff a quarterback. Um, Marvin Lewis, and I didn't realize this. Um, Eleven years, ninety wins, ninety losses, one tie. Zero playoff wins. So, Train, I don't know if you saw Stephen A. Smith's first take, first take tirade over Marvin Lewis. Did, did you see it? Yep, I did. Okay. So, you know, the advantage we have on this topic is we are both African-American men. And Stephen A. Smith is African-American and Marvin Lewis is African-American. And Stephen A. Smith, um, according to him, was hammered for his position on, uh, and he came out yesterday. And, you know, <laughs> um, you know, you love Stephen A., and, and I also hate him at the same time because he's so dramatic. You know, it's, it's so staged. You know, it's so, I'm going to, you know, right, let me do my Stephen A.'s uh, opinion, <clears throat> uh, um, impression. <clears throat> I'm going to get real serious now for a minute. I want everybody to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. Because I'm dead serious. <laughs> what I'm about to say. And I mean this, okay? I'm going to look right into the camera as I say this. Marvin Lewis should be fired as the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't believe I'm stuttering. Marvin Lewis should not have a job today. By 5 o'clock, he should be unemployed. I'm sitting there like, really? All the drama, all the, you know, oh, here we go. The, the theatrics, guy should be on stage. It's, it's, you know, and maybe, that, and maybe that's why he's so popular. I, I don't know. Um, and then today, today he comes back and he says he got a lot of slack over it. He got a lot of heat over it. And he said, and let me make myself clear. I don't care. And as he was saying it, I said it at the same time because I knew what he was going to say. I don't care. Well, yeah, you do, because it's how you make your money. So you exactly care that people don't like your position because it gives you attention because people are watching. And that's, so, that, you know, it's kind of like, like in professional wrestling. You got the good guy and you got the bad guy, right? And the whole point is to get a reaction from the crowd. It doesn't matter whether they're cheering you or booing you. As long as they react, you've got a job in professional wrestling. That's it. 
right? So you can be, they call it the, the face, which is a good guy, and they call it the heel, which is the bad guy. It doesn't matter which, which one you are. It really doesn't. As long as the crowd is reacting to you, you're employed and you're going to make money. And the more reaction, the more money you make, okay? Well, it's almost like Stephen A watches that, and that's what he's bringing into first take, you know? And I don't know how much of it is true, and I don't know how much of it is fake. But that said, he said Marvin Lewis should be fired. And he, he was very clear to say that he's in support of African-American coaches, but how could he hold Jason Garrett or Mike Shanahan or any of these coaches accountable for their ineptitude but then give Marvin Lewis a pass? Um, and he went so far as to say he doesn't believe he should be a head coach, where Skip Bayless said, I think he should get a job somewhere else. Stephen A. said, no, I think he should go somewhere and be a coordinator, um, but he does not deserve a second chance. 11 years, 90 wins, 90 losses, no playoff victories, fired. Um, I'm going to ask you, Train, what is your position on uh, Marvin Lewis? Well, um, I wouldn't necessarily say fired. But at some point, the Beagles got to decide whether they need to go in a different direction. Uh, simply because Lewis is not getting them over the hump. I mean, this year, they're at home. They have the Chargers. The game, you, they clearly are the better team. Hands down. They don't have, you know, they only have, I think, one major injury in Geno Atkins. The stage is set for you to get a playoff win and go to the next round, and they didn't get it done. And so after so long, you got to consider, well, how long are you going to give a coach a chance to get it done? Now, if you want to give them, I, don't, I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to keep them for another season. I mean, they, they are winning. Uh, they're in a tough division. So I wouldn't necessarily say, uh, and to be honest, T, I wouldn't agree or disagree whether he was fired or let go. Because in either case, I would understand. If they kept him, he's in a tough division. He's getting wins. He's able to beat the Steelers and the Ravens now. He's able to compete with them. He can get the division. He's proven that. So, by all means, that's reason That's reason to keep him. But then on the same token, you need to win in the playoffs. Just getting there is, is not enough. So, let's say the Stars align. They make it there next year. It'll be there. It's, I can't remember. This year that was their third time? Was this their third time? Um, well, they did three in a row, but I think they've they been did. there more than three. I think, I think they've been there, I, I want to say five times. Oh, yeah, because they did go with Carson Palmer, that's right. Yeah, um, so I think they've been there Ooh. five times, but they've gone three in a row under Dalton. Yeah. So, I mean, that counts for something. I mean, Andy Reid got a lot, but Andy Reid did win playoff games. He did get his team to the NFC Championship, so... I don't know. I can't say I just 100 percent. I can't say I 100 percent agree with Stephen A. at all. That he just should be fired. You know, I think when he he showed the team has shown improvement, but the team has to get over the hump as far as winning in the playoffs. And their the improvement came from winning the division. That's where the improvement came from. Here, here are my thoughts, and I'm conflicted. Um, I think he should be fired. 
I just don't know that a guy that's in the visible position of Stephen A should be using his influence in the media to call for someone to be fired. If Stephen A. Smith, he does a radio show, and someone calls in and says, Stephen A., what are your thoughts on Marvin Lewis? And you have every right to respond because that's the type of show you're doing. I do know that First Take is a debate show. I do know that, that their job you know, is to raise issues and stir up things. I'm just, I'm just uncomfortable with a, a news reporter using his influence to get someone terminated. I'm just a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, you know, we have um, a small following here on the Madden Voice, so we talk about it. I'm pretty sure that no one in Cincinnati is going to take Commissioner T's opinion and run over to you know the front office and say Commissioner T thinks that Marvin Lewis should get fired. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure that we don't have that influence, but I do know that ESPN does. I do know that the whole Tim Tebow hype was largely created by Skip Bayless. That's the influence that that show has. You know, all he does is win. All he does is win, right? You know, um, you know, I do think that that show does have influence over what goes on in professional sports. I really do. And I think you have to take that position responsibly. And I think I, I'm just, I was just uncomfortable with the whole thing, you know, where, you know, you, you're sitting over there and feeling like it's your right to say that this guy should be fired. Um, without it really being asked of you like you're doing a call-in radio show. So that's where I'm a little uncomfortable. But but when I look at the fact that he's 500, he's a 500 coach in 11 years, when I look at the fact that they've gone to the playoffs three years in a row and can't win, when I look at the fact that uh, some call the Cincinnati team the most talented team in the AFC, um, if not the NFL, so you have everything you need on your roster and you couldn't get a win at home, and not only did you not get a win, but, I mean, the team looked horrible. It wasn't even like it was the worst. It was the only game of the – I mean, every other game was three points or less. You know, your explosive offense managed ten points. And you come out – and this I do have to agree with Stephen A. You come out after the game and give your quarterback a vote of confidence after that crappy performance he had. Well, Andy ah. Dalton was horrible, bro. Oh, he oh. was horrible. But but Marvin Lewis has come out and given him a vote of confidence. I mean, yeah. already the game this is Tuesday. The game played played Sunday. I give him a vote of confidence in a couple of weeks. Let that let that shit linger. Let that marinate a little bit. Let it you know, let him feel the pain of that horrible performance. And then in a couple of weeks, once you know you have a job, um, you sit down and if you wanna say, you know, I believe that Andy Dalton's got a bright future and you know, okay, but a day or two after, I mean, it was a horrible loss for the Cincinnati organization, for the fans, a horrible loss. You're in a, you're in a position, um, you know, where you're favored, where, you, where people are, are looking at you as a team that could go deep into these playoffs, and you don't even show up with, with your first home game. And I got to tell you, I just got to tell you that um, – I don't think Andy Dalton's job should be secure. I, I really don't. I don't think he played uh, uh, well enough this season because he was up and down. And now in a game where, you know, you, you saw a second-year quarterback like Andrew Luck. We saw – I talked about the BCS game last night. I don't know if you saw it, but we saw – Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely I did. 
a Heisman Trophy winner like uh, Winston, who had a rough game, but then when it counted, he delivered. We've seen Andrew Luck, you know, when it counted, he delivered. Heck, even Alex Smith put up 44 points, okay? You know, Drew Brees, who is a superstar, but goes into Philly under adverse conditions and hostile territory and delivers. And yet you let Phillip Rivers come into your stadium and whoop your butt. Outplayed you pillar to post. So, yeah, Dalton, Dalton to me, I, I don't think his job should be secure. I think they should definitely be looking at what their options would be, either free agency, draft, or both. And next year, yeah, wide open competition. I'm not sold on this guy. And, and if they bring him back and he's their starter next year, I think you're going to see. Uh, you know, if Marvin Lewis and, and what have I said? What do I always say? Quarterback, head coach. Well, if these guys are the pair next year, Cincinnati ain't going anywhere. What you got for me, Train? Well, according to Cincinnati owner, they wanted Colin Kaepernick. He wanted Colin Kaepernick. I'll put it that way. But it was uh, uh, Jay Gruden who was uh, all googly, all you know, googly about and giddy about getting Andy Dalton. They end up going with Andy Dalton. I personally like Andy Dalton. Um, I think he can be a solid quarterback. I don't know what it would take to fix him. That was one of the probably one of the worst games I've seen him play. When I saw them interceptions that he threw, I'm looking like, who are you throwing the ball to, and why would you throw throw it to a man that's you know double covered in the zone when you got another man up top that's more open with one on one coverage? I don't I don't see how he misses those reads. Uh, at some point, you got to turn the corner as a quarterback, and he has a solid core around him as far as receivers and running backs. Um, I will disagree with Stephen A. on one thing. Uh, I, 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 I don't, I won't say that you can say that uh, he, that Marvin Lewis shouldn't be a head coach anywhere. You know, sometimes it, you know, everyone deserves a second chance. Maybe third, but everyone deserves a second chance to be a head coach. Some people don't get it right the first time. Because I, I know for a fact, uh, and I don't know if he, I didn't, I didn't check the complete agenda, but you know, Lovey Smith and Tampa Bay, this is his, this is going to be his second time around. I know Tampa Bay has to be ecstatic because I know the dude is a good head coach. Yeah, but yeah, but but I I don't I don't have a problem with the position that right now he doesn't deserve another head coaching job. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, Lovey Smith got fired after going what ten and six. Ten and six, you know. And the year before was in the weren't you in the playoffs the year before? You know, uh, I mean, no, we went. Oh, okay, oh, no, we went. How many how many playoff victories does Lovey Smith have as your head coach? Lovey Smith has uh, it's two. You get a bye, so there's two wins to get to the Super. So it's one, two, uh, three playoffs wins. Okay, and how long was in, you your head coach? Three and, three and two for the for playoffs. Wins. And how long? How many years? Nine years. Okay. You know. And and, mo- wow. and we 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 only had two playoff appearances. Two no, we had three playoff appearances. I'm sorry, three playoff appearances in in his nine years. Yeah. See, I don't have a problem with Stephen A's position because Marvin Lewis has zero playoff wins in eleven years. That's the problem, and I don't think you go with a 500 record and zero playoff wins. I, I, I don't have a problem with the position of go somewhere, be a coordinator, and earn your right to be a coach again, a head coach again. You know, I, I just don't think he's done. He's got, a, he's got tenure with no with – no, what has he accomplished? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, this is about getting into the playoffs and winning games. 
And that is the thing he has not done. So I don't have a problem with the position of, um, you know, go and be a coordinator again and, and, and you know, earn your shot to be um, a head coach. I don't have a problem with that because I, 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 he hasn't done anything um, in Cincinnati at this point. He really hasn't. Um, Andy Dalton, <clears throat> looking at his career stats, um, and they're, they're – they're, they're underwhelming, um, to, to say the least. He's uh, uh, he's a 61% career passer, which is mediocre. Uh, it's not great. It's not bad, but it's not great. 61%. Um, he's uh, the. This was his best year as far as yards goes. Almost 4,300. Um, you know so. Uh, you know, 11,000 yards in three years, but he hasn't hit 4,000. This is his first year he hits 4,000. Um, 236 yards a game, which is, you know, kind of hard to really use that as a judge. Depends on your running game, whatever. 80 touchdowns to 49 interceptions. Um, you know, and, and a, a rating of 85.7. So, you know, I think he's 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 done okay in three years. Um, I, and, and, you know, I think that if they keep him as a starter, um, I, I, my point is that was a horrible game at home where you needed him to step up and you have another guy who's in his second year, highly recruited. And, and this guy, you know, this guy delivered. And so I, I'd say Andy Dalton's job should not be safe. Go ahead and bench him or replace him. But I don't think there's a problem with going out there and getting somebody to challenge him. You know, who's out there no, the that you could bring in and, and just say, hey, we're going to have a competition, you know. Um, and maybe Dalton shows that he still should be the starter by the beginning of next year. Maybe he shows yet. But I'd let him know, yeah, your job's not safe, dude. Just as simple as that. You, you, we've played three playoff games, and you're 0-3. And you no, have one, no touchdown, with- one touchdown and six interceptions in those three games. Uh, you you dead on with that. I have no problem with someone bringing in competition. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm saying that to me that's that's what you need. You can't you can't allow a guy just to feel safe just because he's at quarterback. Especially how important the position is. I'm not saying you gotta you gotta play like one of the four horsemen, but you gotta play better than that. And they missed some opportunities on the field because of his decision making with the ball. What are your thoughts in the last game of the season? I'll, I'll let you actually lead this one um, since your division the division rival was there. Uh, 49ers and the Packers, your thoughts on that game? Well, you know, I'm happy uh, happy of the results. <laughs> I bet you are. This is a pure fan of football. Um, but that was another, uh, 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 another pretty good game. Um, uh, both teams, to me, played as well as 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 well as they could. Um, Aaron Rodgers, man, made some ridiculous plays in situations where he probably should have been in the dirt. But um, the 49ers went in there, and, that, and once again, that wasn't an easy game either. That was still a tough situation, you know what I'm saying, going into Green Bay to win that, especially after Green Bay know what, you know, wasn't trying to have a repeat of what happened at the beginning of the season. But, uh, you know, they were able to pull it out. And they were able to pull it out doing doing naturally what they do best. I think Green Bay definitely their failure was uh, not being able to completely tank, contain Kaepernick, you know, because eventually he ended up 
killing him with his legs and winning the game, you know, helping the 49ers win the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the first game of the year, I was really high on Kaepernick and almost, you know, almost anointed him, uh, you know, the, the, the second coming, and then he kind of flattened out during the year. But you see his upward potential, particularly when they take the chains off of him and allow him to, um, you know, have the option of running. And um, it's, it's just very difficult to stop. And, you know, he, he showed his mobility, seven rushes, 98 yards, and uh, it was certainly an added element to the game that I think was probably the difference in the game. Um, great game. And, I, you know, I picked the Packers, and I think if, if um, you know, the, the Packers defense certainly played better than it played all year. And I think, um, you know, if, if, if that game's in, 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 at home in Green Bay, I think they win. I think if Aaron Rodgers, you know, wasn't just in his second uh, game back, I think they win. You know, clearly he had two. See, it was in Green Bay. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It was in Green Bay. Um, so scrap that point. My main, my main point was, you know, he had two early interceptions. And I think that, you know, it's still a little bit of getting back into, into uh, the mix. You know, seven weeks like that, it's hard to come back from. You know, well, I think one of the elements that you that you're missing, I, I wouldn't say so much as Aaron Rodgers. True enough, ryth- rhythm matters, and he wasn't there all season, so you do have a valid point there. But I think one of the main things was missing for Green Bay was uh, no uh, Matthews. I mean, that's pretty much their best defender. And yeah, if yeah, anyone that's... has to speak, get to Colin, uh, get to Kaepernick, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not in that game, and I think that's to me that's huge. Yeah, that that hurts. But you still expect a, a Green Bay team, even against a San Francisco team. You know, they did it the first week of the year. You you still expect them to throw up more than twenty points under Aaron Rodgers. And um, you know, I, I think the fact that he's scraping off the rust still, um, you know, I think that was a, was a factor. You know, like I said, he had those you know some some bad throws early on in this game and. You know, I, I think it might have been a little bit different had he had, he had more rhythm and, and had played a few more games. But uh, you can't take anything against the 49ers. They're still they're looking good. Kaepernick played great. Their defense is still physical. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, 49ers and Seahawks, um, they're going to end up meeting in the conference championship game. And uh, people are thinking the 49ers are, are the only team that could dethrone the Seahawks because of their physical style of play. So, so we'll see. Uh, let me go to the phones. We've got a 513 area code. Welcome to the Madden Voice. 513, are you there? All right. Well, you want to come back, press 1 again. <laughs> he was there. Um, so, you know, like three out of Natty. I'm sorry? <laughs> I said it sounds like Cincinnati area code. Oh, yeah, could be. Uh, that, uh, it would be helpful to hear what they have to say. <laughs> right. Uh, Marvin Lewis's head right now. Um, so, yeah, 513, if you're there, uh, uh, press 1 and then press 1 again, and that'll tell me that you want to come back on, and I'll bring you back on. Um, but, you know, great weekend of games, and uh, I think this weekend, you know, but when I, when I look at the teams – um, with the with the exception of what I thought the Bengals were, I do think we've got the best teams. You know, I, I do think that 
if you know, good money has the Bengals being a better team than the Chargers. They just were flat and didn't show up. So minus the Chargers, I do think you've got pretty much the best teams. You certainly got the best playing teams in the playoffs. But it doesn't mean you, I mean you have the best teams because when you look at uh, you know, I mean when you look at the Packers and the Forty Nine ers, I mean Packers eight seven and one. You know, 49ers 12 and 4. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, Saints beat the Eagles. Um, you know, the Saints were in position where they could have been as high as a two seed or as low as a six. And the way things fell out, they ended up being a six seed. You know, but they were right there through most of the season challenging for a top seed while the Eagles were just barely contesting for the division title. So, I mean, I, I think you do, we are pretty much ending up with the best teams in the divisional round. And so for a lot of the people that are – that are saying change the format. I mean, honestly, I think it's working out the way it should be. I, I do believe that these are the, these. This is pretty much the cream of the crop. We've gotten for those of you who you know haven't checked your local listings. Commissioner T has it for you. And remember three four seven eight three eight nine five two five three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. Saints are at the Seahawks Saturday four thirty five, and that game's on Fox. And then Saturday night at, at, at eight, and I don't know why they do this. I really don't get it. I don't see the, I don't see the logic in a Saturday eight 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 thirty game. I'm, I I I don't I don't see it at all. Um, you don't do that at all during the season, at all. Um, I could I could more see that on Sunday because us football fans have been conditioned to a Sunday night prime time Sunday night game, but. You know, we don't get Saturday night games during the season because of college football. So it's just, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. I don't like it. You know, go. <laughs> I've been doing it for years, man. I, I know, but I don't mean I don't like it. It's, it's, just it's just stupid to me because, that. you know, it does, it's not what we're accustomed to. And I bet you. I it is a bit odd. I, I tend to forget until the playoffs get here and I'd be like, oh. Exactly. The game is Saturday night. Okay. Exactly. And I would bet you, if you look at the ratings of all four games, I would bet you, even though the Saints-Eagles game is probably one of the better games of the weekend, I bet it got the worst ratings simply for that reason. People were just like you saying, oh, when's the game coming on? Oh, Saturday night. You know, and, and well, there's a lot of things going on Saturday night. You know, we're Saturday And you're talking about three weeks. That's huh? like three weeks of uh, not, you know, we're in tonight, babe. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, by the time the game, uh, now nah, I ain't gonna lie, I was out. <laughs> I was, I was out, and I was fortunate place I was at. They had the game on, um, so I'm, I'm like texting and I'm watching the game and also trying to enjoy myself and I'm, I'm multitasking, but that's what I do. But I just, you know, to me, just go back to the, go to keep it regular, one o'clock, four o'clock, one o'clock, four thirty, you know, or if you want to have a late game on Sunday. You want to go 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock on Sunday and give us Sunday night football again? Hey, that's fine. That's what we're used to. That's what we're accustomed to. You know, we're creatures of habit. We want the same thing. And, and, and it's Saturday night. Once you get into the playoffs, Saturday night thing. It's just stupid to me. Dumb. So Colts at the Patriots Saturday night. And then on Sunday, the early game is the 49ers at the Panthers. And then the last game is the Chargers at the Broncos. Um and I think we, uh, four solid games, four solid games here. Um, don't sleep on those Chargers either. And uh, I don't like Phillip Rivers. I've never liked Phillip Rivers, and I never will like Phillip Rivers. But the guy's playing out of his mind right now. 
Um, so don't sleep on those charges. But before we talk about the divisional games, um, just a couple of uh, notes around the league and wanted to get uh, Train's thoughts. Um, the Bucks uh, hire and, you know, again, the, the NFL pundits already had Rod Marinelli going over to work for Lovey Smith. And, um, you know, I was telling people, uh, no, not not happening. <laughs> uh, Cowboys ain't letting Marinelli go. Um, and, and if they were going to let him go, you know, and, and for those of you don't who don't understand NFL rules on this, um, Mar- it used to be because Marinelli is officially the defensive line coach for the Cowboys. And it used to be if he was taking a higher position that the Cowboys couldn't stop him. Well, they changed the rules now to where um, it it has to be a head coaching position. If it's not a head coaching position, then you've got to get the team's permission if the coach is under contract. Well, he's under contract for one more year. And this isn't a head coaching. It's a defensive coordinator position. And I had it under good authority that uh, the Cowboys were not going to let Marinelli go. And if they were, uh, Tampa was going to have to you know, they were going to come up with a high draft pick or something. So I had very little doubts that uh, Marinelli was not going to reunite with Lovey Smith uh, in Tampa. And uh, that turned out to be the case. And Leslie, Leslie Frazier is not a defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on the Bucks hiring your old coach, Lovey Smith, and also bringing in a guy that I know you, uh, that I know you respect his defensive prowess, uh, Leslie Frazier? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to be a partial Tampa, Tampa Bay fan come next season. Chicago will play Tampa Bay come next season, so you're talking about a homecoming for Lovey Smith, and I believe that game will be in Chicago. Um, man, um, he's he's definitely getting uh, some talent on the defense with Gerald McCoy, uh, Levante David, uh, um, Revis, uh, and also Ghost in the safety. Uh, as far as the, the the biggest question with Lovey is, can he get it right on the offensive side of the ball? And his biggest thing was hiring this guy, Tedford. I don't really know much about him, except for the fact that he's supposed to be a, a quarterback whisperer, as they, as they quote-unquote put it. So if he gets the offensive side of the ball right, I have no doubt Tampa Bay can turn their season around uh, come next season. I mean, even if they don't have a winning record, they would definitely have a better record than what they have now. And it's going to make for it. It's going to make for an interesting NFC South because Lovey Smith is going to have to go up against one of the four horsemen, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league, and one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the league. He's he's going to get all flavors that Mm. you can ask for and all the challenges that you can ask for for a defense. But I think he's definitely up for it, and I think he'll do a good job down there. And I definitely would love it. I mean, he didn't really need to get Rob Marinelli if he can get uh, Leslie Frazier. Right, right. You know, I'll just say that we saw the Bucks play some pretty good games um, down the stretch under Shiano, and um, I think that this is pointing. I have a friend of mine, James, who lives down in Tampa, um, and I, I, you know, I haven't talked to James yet, but I, I, James should be. Um, well, actually, James is not a Tampa fan, so never mind. He's actually a Cowboy fan, but um, so scrap that. But um, the, the Tampa, the Tampa. Um, Fans should be happy with this with this with this hire. I think Lovey Smith is a great coach. Um, I don't know anything about the, what they're going to do on the offensive side of the ball, but I think Lovey knows what he's good at and knows what he isn't good at, and I think he will address the offensive side with the appropriate coaches and personnel, and um, and and we will see, and we will see. But I, I think it's a good hire for them, and certainly Leslie Frazier. I mean, you know, great defensive mind, so um, good hire. 
Um, what are your thoughts yeah. on it? You know, I, I, I hate that K-Star's not here because I know K-Star. I almost, almost feel like I want to play K-Star now. You know, I did my, I did my uh, Stephen A. impression. I want to do my K-Star impression. But uh, your boy Cutler, uh, over $100 million, over $50 million guaranteed, uh, as you predicted. Uh, he's the quarterback of the future. They locked him down. And um, he's not going anywhere. He he's, he he will more than likely retire a bear, um, you know. At, at, at this at the way this contract is set up, um, or, or if not, certainly play you know there for the next several years. Um, you know, is this is this what you wanted? Or you have you predicted it? Uh, now that you got it, is this, are you happy about it? Uh, honestly, I'm I'm satisfied. I I, I didn't you know. We we would look at the numbers and be like, man, that's a that's a lot for a guy who hasn't um, who hasn't taken the team consistently to the playoffs and and consistently won playoff games. But you know, the Bears are also uh, paying for potential at the same at the same time. So I can understand the money. Now, what I did interestingly today, I found the article on the Tribune that broke down his contract. And uh, how I understand it from reading that article is the Bears left themselves a lot of room to move his money around to where their cap room wouldn't wouldn't be too highly affected. You know, they can they can shift his money around a lot in order to get the other players that they need. So it's not like they just pour they poured it all into Jay Cutler and then he's it. No, they they poured it into him because he's a talented quarterback and this is what you have to pay for. You know, the, the stage has been set for what you have to pay for a quarterback who you think is your franchise quarterback. And there's no doubt Jay Cutler would have gotten that much, that amount of money or more had he hit the open market. I agree with most of what you said. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I'm not totally sure that he – I'm not sure that uh, a Cutler or a Romo, because Romo got a very similar contract – uh, I, I don't know about that. It maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know, man. With all the young quarterbacks coming out that that have come out over the last couple of years, and then the, the quarterbacks that are scheduled to come out, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I do agree with everything else you said. That is the price now. If you if you're if you're saying that this is your guy, then you're saying 100 million dollars, 50 million guaranteed, pretty much. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That is the going rate. Romo got it. Flacco got it. Um, now Cutler's getting it. That's the going rate now if you're locking down your quarterback and you want him to play for the next five-plus years. And you're saying and, – and these guys in their 30s now, so when you're saying five-plus years, you're all but saying finishing your career here. So Exactly. Um, so yeah, that is the going rate, and I, I don't have. I honestly, I can't even imitate K. Star because I, I kind of sided with you on the whole Cutler McCown thing. I will say this: <laughs> the, the one thing though that does that does get my attention is the fact that you did have this guy come in and outplay Cutler this year, and it is it does. I can understand a K. Star or a non Bears fan looking at it and saying, you know. You didn't get us in the playoffs. You didn't. You had a chance to win the division. Your backup actually statistically outplayed you, and you get rewarded with a hundred million dollar contract. Man, America, gotta love America. You know. I um, <laughs> know, right? And no, you know? no doubt. I, I that does. It sounds horrible with the with, with the way you just put it, uh, but everyone knows McCown wasn't going to be a franchise quarterback. He doesn't even know if he's gonna he's gonna play football come next season. 
I mean, with his own choice. He doesn't even know if he, he wants to play NFL football come next season. Uh, but I will say Chicago has the chance. They will lock him down as their number two. They won't let McCown go anywhere. But they have to wait until free agency in order to, in order to sign him. They shouldn't let him go anywhere. They should keep him as their number yeah, two. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I wouldn't. I hope, I, I hope they don't. I hope they definitely get him back as our backup. It yeah. would make me feel a whole lot better as far as insurance. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about Kyle Orton. I, I was never a Kyle Orton fan. You, of all people, know how I, feel, how I felt about Kyle Orton. But you know what? As a backup, what he did, I, I don't even blame him for the loss against Philly. Um, I, I hope, I, you know, when you look at backup quarterbacks, um, he is the highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL, and I think he deserves every penny. And they, I believe he's under contract for another year anyway, so Dallas doesn't have to do anything. So, um, But I, I think with what McCown showed that he could do if he does decide to play another year or two, um, that, yeah, I mean, he knows the system. He created great chemistry with the offense. And to have that confidence, um, you know, that if Cutler were to go down, uh, you know, and, and, and people have to realize that, one of the things now is with the concussion protocols that are in place, these yeah. guys are coming out and staying out of games that five years ago they were going back and playing in. Now, I'm not saying that's, a, that's not a good thing. Um, for the health of the players, it's probably the right call, okay? But what I'm saying is, is that now we're seeing these guys get sacked, get hit, head hits the turf, they're getting, uh, you know, they're, they're getting carted, or not carted off, but they get walked off, they're woozy, they're out. You know, and then they're out the following week because of all the new concussion protocols, you know. And so with that, even more so now than ever before, um, you need a solid backup that can go in there. And McCown showed that he can do that. So I I agree with you. You guys, you guys, you need him. And um, I think if they put the right dollar amount in front of him, he can sit there all he wants. I don't know if I want to play football. (laughs) Not really sure if this is what I want to do. Uh, we'll pay you four million dollars a year. Where do I sign? <laughs> and what time is I think uh, with, with, with McCown, I think you know his offer would be something more like a two-year deal. I think for for his decision is I think well, from what I understand, from what I'm reading in the Tribune, his decision is kind of based on also his family because he didn't he didn't he didn't move his family up uh, up here this this year with him uh, when he played because they only offered him a one-year contract. So I think it has to be you know something maybe maybe a, a couple-year deal. Uh, it may be, be the highest say backup. I'm not sure. It all depends on how much Chicago wants to pour into their quarterback position. But it's an important position. But on the note of what you're saying about quarterbacks catching concussions, it becomes even more prevalent that your offensive line does their job now. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially absolutely. with you kind of franchise quarterback like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Texans have hired Penn State's uh, Bill O'Brien. Um, Bill O'Brien was a former offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, so he's got some NFL in his background. Um, but, you know, I just want to say this, and the only reason I even put this on, um, you know, just, just uh, we, we don't talk college football here much, um, and my brother is really the college football aficionado in my family, um, you know, and, and, and uh, he actually sent a note in his um, – his um his girlfriend um is is under the weather so that's why he didn't join us tonight so um in case they're listening Mickey uh, that's his girlfriend's name I hope I hope hope you're feeling okay hope you you know get better well or get better soon you know, you know there's a lot of I I battled the flu myself last week so um 
You know, there's a lot of it going around, so I just hope you feel better. But anyway, the main reason that I – we don't talk a lot of college football, but you, you, you could not have – I mean, I don't think that anyone who watches the news didn't hear about the Jerry Sandusky um, paternal and that whole situation that went down, and I followed it very closely. And uh, we may have touched on it a little bit here, um, but we, we didn't get into it deeply. But let me, let me just say this without necessarily rehashing the whole thing. O'Brien came in and took the team after Paterno and took took the Penn State after all, everything that they had to go through with Sandusky and went in there and did a, did an incredible job of stabilizing that um that 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 university's program and actually getting that team to actually be competitive and play some football underneath adversity that none of us could ever understand. And I happen to know a couple people tied very closely to Penn State that, you know, gave me a little insight as to the adversity that that university had to face that the media didn't know about. And it just goes so deep because when you're talking about Joe Paterno, I mean, you're talking about, I, I, you just can't really relate to his what his presence to that university meant, and to have this whole scandal be underneath his watch, and then he passes away, and it, you know it, it just it's just if you're into college athletics, nothing is bigger than what took place, and of course we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention all the victims that were caught up into into that mess and and it, it was just a nightmare and now to be the heir apparent to that and to go in there i'm happy for him that he gets um a head coaching job in the nfl that he gets to come back in the nfl and gets a job i don't i, I think penn state might have been nine and five this year or whatever um, i don't care if they were oh and 12 oh and three, i don't care the fact that he went in there and, and stabilized that university and 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 made it so that those uh young men and young athletes could feel proud to be a part of Penn State again, restore a little bit of pride, I'd give that guy a job any day of the week just for that alone, just for that alone. Because you know what? Let me tell you something. I even put something on Facebook because I, I was in a conference call and I had to take a back seat. I'm, 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 I'm one that kind of takes the, the bull by the horns, and I'm one that is not afraid of taking the lead and getting things done. But I also know there's times that you have to take a back seat. And I put something on Facebook about my thoughts on being a good leader is also knowing when to let someone else take the lead and build humility, you know, to, to know that, you know what, it's somebody else's turn to lead. I'm just going to sit back here and let them do their thing. And this guy, to me, showed a level of leadership that none of us could probably relate to. And because of that, because of what he was able to go in there and do, I am happy as a pig in slop that he got an opportunity, is getting an opportunity with a good franchise. Texans, Texans, you know, a year ago they were in the playoffs. Okay, so we're not talking about a team that, you know, we're not talking about, um, you know, Jaguars or, or, you know, a team that had time. We're talking about a team that was just in the playoffs. So I'm happy for him. I hope he does uh, uh, well, except against the Cowboys. Um, but I hope he does well, and I'm just happy that, somebody recognize because when you're a leader and you're a coach when you're a coach you're a leader and you're leading people's lives and and these are men and and you know men and women because there's women on staff too but and and they all look to you you know you're the guy and not all these coaches are created equal so i'm excited that he gets an opportunity that he 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 was successful down there 
and kind of right in that ship, and now he gets to come to the NFL, make some money, um, you know, more than he was making down there, and, and, and hopefully have some success in the NFL. I'm, I'm happy as heck for him. I, I, I could go on all day talking about it because it really, it, it, to me, that's what America's all about. You know, is, is, is resurrecting, and like you said, everybody deserves a second chance, right? You know, so this guy goes in, he, did, he, 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 he took a, a, a university that's just in disarray at a football program and got them on the right track. I mean, hats off to him. And, um, and he's an offensive-minded and if <laughs> he's an offensive-minded coach, and if that's not, if the Texans – now, what's interesting about the 10, I'll let you get in your train. What's interesting is he's going to bring in his own team, so Wade Phillips is out. And Wade Phillips did a heck of a job. I'm not a Wade Phillips fan at all, but the guy is a good defensive coordinator. He did a heck of a job in uh, in Houston, and he's out. He wanted to be the head coach, but they wouldn't hire him, which I, I agree with. So it's going to be interesting to see what they bring in now because, um, you know, one of the things they kind of had was pretty decent defense, and Wade Phillips is out of a job now. So, um, But any thoughts on the hiring of uh, Bill O'Brien? Uh, I, I don't know much much about the guy, but um, I mean, I agree with everything that that, that you that you just said. You know, especially with what he was able to do down there at Penn State. I, once I knew he was a part that he had been a you know coordinator for New England Patriots. That means he he's a part of Belichick staff. Am I yep. correct? That's correct. Okay, that lets me know enough right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, when you come, I mean, I, I watch these, you know, NFL uh, shows when they bring up a little history and they show these guys that come from the different coaching trees and you yep. see the similarities. And and it does matter that you come from certain certain coaching trees because you, you follow some of the same things that you that you taught. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I, there's another Houston team that can be turned right around come next season because, like you said, they were, they, they were a playoff team last season. Uh, yeah. Last year, you know, before yeah. before they fell apart this year, and they can be right back there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, they got a quarterback issue, you know, because Shab, um, I, I I don't know what his future is going to be like, so they got to look at the quarterback issue, um, you know. But this guy was a was a, a coordinator with uh, Tom Brady, so he he you know he he's comfortable there. But I mean, you know, the running backs and the wide receiver, I mean, you know, they they've got talent. So you know he's got some he's got something to work with down there. So it's going to be very interesting to see what he's able to do. Um, as expected, the Dolphins parted ways with Jeff Ireland. Um, I think Jeff Ireland was a scapegoat. Um, my opinion, Jeff Ireland actually came from the Cowboys. So I have some background. I have some knowledge of Jeff Ireland. He was a scout and head of player personnel for the Dallas Cowboys before he went over and became general manager of the Dolphins. Um, and he, he was actually hired into Miami by Bill Parcells when Miami, <clears throat> uh, when Bill Parcells left Dallas and then joined Miami's front office. And Jeff Ireland uh, went over there with him. Uh, Jeff Ireland is, is, is top notch. And um, if anybody thinks that the Richie Incognito and any of that stuff happened and Ireland was a part of it or knew about it, or condoned it, they're, they're smoking something because that's not the case. But Ireland's not going to come out. Ireland will take it because he's, he's, he's a football guy. He's not going to come out and throw anybody under the bus. He's not going to say, um, he's going to say, yep, it was under my watch, and I accept full responsibility, even if it was really under Philbin's watch. But to me, Ireland's being made the head coach here. 
I mean, I'm sorry, hit the scapegoat here, and uh, he will get another job because he's he, he's good at what he does. He's very good at what he does. He will. I, I you know, it, it, frankly, I would hope Dallas would try to find a position for him somewhere. I mean, he's a general manager. We already know Dallas is gonna bring him in as general manager, but I would hope maybe Dallas could find a job for him because I love the guy. I think he's great at what he does. So I'm not surprised at all that the Dolphins part ways with him. They someone had to. Um, take the fall. Philbin, I think, was getting a pass because the team became almost a playoff team down the stretch, and so Philbin kind of resurrected his position there. So he wasn't going to take the fall, um, but someone had to because it was just too much bad press. So, hey, you know what? So be it. Um, good for Jeff Ireland. He'll get a better opportunity somewhere now, I'm sure. And uh, I, and watch whatever team he goes to and watch what they do because the guy, the guy knows football. I, I have nothing but respect for Jeff Ireland. Um, Last but not least, before we get into our picks and, and uh, get on out of here, um, <clears throat> had to had to bring this up because now now I'm now I'm disgusted and I and I and I had to I had to go there and and you know I know that um, one of our most loyal listeners is Adam down in Australia and Adam is a, a, a an avid supporter of the Madden Voice. He goes on the Facebook and he puts comments on our Facebook page. He tweets, you know, the Madden voice, uh, you know, and, and, and we love his loyalty. We love his loyalty. And, man, if we had, you know, more Adams, man, I, you know, we, we, we probably, you know, <laughs> our ratings would be through the roof. You know, we, we, if we could just duplicate Adams' loyalty. Um, so with that said, um, RG3, again, is in the news. And I'm quoting what I saw. Uh, is that RG3 bragged to teammates that he could procure favors from the owner and influence the franchise's direction. Um, there are rumors that this was leaked by Shanahan, that Shanahan had this position. Um, and maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But I, I just want to say this, and I've been very consistent on the Madden Voice for a number of years. Um, there is a time that players should be heard, and there's a time that they shouldn't be. And um, RG3 right now, bruh, um, you should shut your mouth. I mean, I'm done with you. I'm tired of you. It's too many, too many issues, too many just stories, too many just things. You come out and deny this. Your dad comes out and denies that. And then there's another story. And then there's an, it's too, just too many times now, too many times. And what did you do this year? Nothing. You know, I, 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 I'm smelling, I'm smelling a decline here quickly because your focus is not where it needs to be. You are a franchise quarterback, one of the most talented young quarterbacks in the NFL. And this is beneath you to be connected with any of this garbage, any of this crap. It's beneath you. So all I'm saying to you, RG3, is, you need to fix this. You need to fix this quickly. Maybe you need a new PR person, a new agent, a new. I don't know what you need, but it's just too many of these stories. Too many. I don't. I don't want to hear anymore. RG3 said. RG3 did. How about RG3 is is in on the field practicing because you play like crap this year. You know. How about that? How about RG3 is in the weight room, strengthening his body so when he gets hit, he doesn't crumble like a little like a little girl. I'm not trying to disrespect little girls. I have two of them myself. I'm not trying to disrespect them. But, you know, how about we hear about you perfecting your craft and what you're going to do next year to get your team in the playoffs? I want to hear that. I don't want to hear any more of this garbage. 
you know, and a feud between you and Shanahan and a feud, you know, and, and you want to do this, but I don't want to hear any more of that. Shut up. You're the leader of that team. Why don't you start acting like it? Because you're not. Okay, you're not acting like it. You're not. I, I, as, a football, as a Cowboy fan, I'm happy. Keep talking. As a Cowboy fan, self-destruct. But as a football fan, I'm disgusted because I expect you to be a top performer in this league because you, you, you have all the skills. But your mouth is going to get in the way. I'm, I'm telling you guys. You guys hear me say it. January 7, 2014, his mouth is going to get in the way. Train, any comments? Yeah, dude, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, and it's kind of getting old to constantly hear him in the media for these, you know, for the things that, I mean, and I can't, you know, it's, you can't really challenge it whether it's true or not, but constantly something new every time. It's, simply put, if you ask me, you just need to take a book out of, uh, out of Andrew Luke's, take a page out of Andrew Luke's book, Focus on Football, Focus on Helping Your Team Win. Because out of the two most talented quarterbacks coming out of that draft and the, and the two that were constantly compared, Andrew Luck has done everything right, and his team is in the playoffs for a second year, and, and they've, they've gotten their first playoff win. And he's totally focused on football. This, uh, RG3 has way too much drama around him to be focused on football. I agree. And, and, and I'll tell you, it's going to be very interesting to see who they hire in um, Washington because with the implications that Snyder and RG3 are in cahoots and Snyder, you know, um, and, and, and uh, Shanahan didn't want RG3 and Snyder did. And so now, you know, RG3 is Snyder's boy. Um, if I'm a head coach, I'm concerned about going in there and can I coach this guy if I know he can go to Dan Snyder anytime he wants, you know? And, and so, yeah. you know, they bring in a seasoned head coach. To me, that's question number one. Is this really my team? You know, if you're looking at guys out there, and, you know, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, you know, guys like Cower and John Gruden, these guys ain't interested, but you want to bring in a heavy hitter that's going to come in there and get something done right away. That's my first question is, whose team is this? Now, you want to bring in a coordinator that is his first opportunity? Okay, he's probably too naive to really care. You know, he, he's going to work with – he and I mean to disrespect Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett comes to mind. Jason Garrett's going to work with whatever you give him, his first coaching gig, and he knows the situation in Dallas, and that's the way it is, you know. But, um, you know, if you want to bring in a heavy hitter that's going to go in there and shake things up and get it done um, – that's if 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 I'm if I'm me Commissioner T the omniscient one if they if I was to be asked that'd be my first question I'd be like whose team is it you know because if 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 if, if I'm not happy with RG 3s doing who am I got the answer to you or are you telling me run this team are you giving me this team and saying go go to work or are you saying I'm gonna be over your shoulder particularly when it comes to RG three because that's the impression RG three is giving people and does the head coach want to go in there under that understanding. And so, again, as a football person, it's laughable. As a Cowboy fan, hey, keep it up. You know, you'll be a team we don't got to worry about next year either because you'll just be imploding, and that's fine with me. Um, yep. All right, let's look at the upcoming games, make some picks. Uh, first game, divisional game, Saints sit at the sixth seed going to Seattle, and we know that Seattle's undefeated 
Uh, I'm sorry, nope, that's not true anymore. They did lose. Um, so they have one loss in two years at home. We know that they played the Saints during the regular season and whooped them 34-7 to at home. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a 4.30 game, uh, my time, so that puts it at about 1.30. So, okay, it's in the afternoon, so that's that's a good thing. I don't know how the weather's going to be in Seattle, but um, we know that stadium's very hard to play in. And, uh, Train, you know, what are your thoughts? Can Drew Brees go in there? Can can this team learn from the mistakes they made in the first game and come back and uh, maybe do what Arizona did and get a win? Or uh, Seattle going to roll? Um, to answer your question literally, yes, I think they can get themselves a win. Um, but I like Seattle – in this game. I'm finding it very hard to see Seattle be one and done in the playoffs after playing have after having such a solid season and being such a physical football team and I think they are definitely prepared uh for this game and I think they will learn from their own mistake uh, with taking a home loss. Um it definitely won't be an easy what definitely won't be a repeat of the of the first time. That was a, that was it, you know won't be a blowout like that. Uh, but I think it would be a very tough, a uh, very close game, and they'll pull it out. Um, I find it very easy to pick the Saints to go in there and win this game. Um, everything tells me the Saints are going to go in and win this game. Um, you know, and again, I'm very consistent in my analysis. Coach quarterback, coach quarterback. Um, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, um, very close. Very close. Sean Payton's got a little more relevant. Uh, I think Pete Carroll has the same amount of NFL experience, but his previous NFL experience previous to Seattle was horrible. He, he, he accomplished nothing as an NFL head coach until he got to Seattle. Excellent college coach, one of the best ever. But as an as NFL head coach, was horrible until he got to Seattle. Um, so, and, and while Sean Payton has, has, has done a pretty good job as an NFL head coach. Um, so I, I would I would just give just a nod, just a slight nod at head coaching to Sean Payton, but it's very close. Um, and quarterbacking, I, I'd have to go with Drew Brees over Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson's a solid quarterback, but he's not Drew Brees. So that's the first thing I look at. I then look at the fact that the Saints got whooped. And to me – and Tony Dungy said this, and it made a lot of sense. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna claim that this is my quote, but Tony Dungy said it, and it made a lot of sense. When there is a rematch, the team that lost has the advantage because they're gonna make changes. While the team that won, they don't know whether do they change up or do they do the same thing because they won. So what do you do? <laughs> you, know, you go in and play the same scheme, or do you go in and make changes? I heard that, and I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me. The other statistic that I heard today was that when a team wins by 25 or more points in a regular season and they rematch in the playoffs, they are 7-9 in the playoffs. And I thought that that was interesting. Does it really mean anything? No. It's just a, a statistic that I heard today. Um, <laughs> I think what it's going to boil down to is um, – I think the Saints' defense is going to play better than people expect, and I think the Saints' offense is going to play better than people expect. I think people think that, you know, that, 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 you know, that Seattle at home 
it's just going to run, you know, it's just going to do what they did offensively the first game. And then, of course, we already know Seattle's physical defense. Um, but I think that they're going to make adjustments on offense. And I think, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm not saying that, it, you know, but I, I think the Saints are going to come out and they're going to get the ball first, which I would recommend that they do, and come down and score. And I think they're going to put pressure on Seattle to have to score points. And if if the weather is okay, which I hope it will be, Seattle, see, uh, New Orleans is a very difficult team to keep up with once they get on the roll. And I expect that to happen in this game, unlike the first game. So I'm going with the Saints. Plus, if I wasn't a Cowboy fan, I'd be a Saint fan. Um, the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts at the fourth seed taking on the New England Patriots. Um, Train, I'll, I'll go to you again. Mm, man. This is actually going to be a good game. I know other people will be probably be out doing something Saturday night, but I'll definitely be tuning in to watch this. Um because the Colts have been that team this season that's been able to go and get these tough matchups. Um, and I'm going to go with the Colts in this one uh, to go in there and get the win. Yes, against one of the four horsemen and Tom Brady and Belichick definitely have the playoff experience to get it done. Uh, but I like the Colts' chances and I like their fight and uh, I like how their team is playing uh, in, these, in, these, in these playoff wins. They, they came from, they came back. In a, in, a, in a you know tough game, which was probably came down to some bad coaching. Definitely came down to some bad coaching by Andy Reid. You might not, you may not see those uh, mistakes out of Belichick, but uh, I do like Indianapolis' uh, chances to win this game. Yeah, I thought long and hard about this one, and even though I rode the coats for the first game, um, I have to be true to uh, my belief. My belief is that. Um, you know, I've said it's going to come down to the Patriots and the Broncos and the AFC, and I still believe that. Um, I've been saying that for quite a while, actually, and I still believe that. Um, Bill Belichick is a genius at taking away the your most productive player on offense. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had 13 catches. Um, you know, you know, talk about the Hilton and the, you know the hotel and always open. Um, he ain't gonna always be open because to leave is gonna happen. And um, I, I think that um, because there's no Reggie Wayne and now you take T.Y. Hilton away, you know, and, and hey, Donald Brown's an old UConn guy. I love Donald Brown, and he also helped me win the championship. So I think Donald Brown is, is an X factor. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're going to struggle to score points when Hilton is shut down, and I expect him to be shut down because that's what Belichick does. And, um, you know, it is Tom Brady. And it is, you know, um, now, 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 I found it interesting that the Colts went out and signed Deion Branch, um, and I think some of that is gamesmanship because they know that <laughs> Deion Branch knows the Patriots system because he's played for them more than once. So I'm sure that there's some things that they're going to learn from him. But I also think it is a recognition that they're going to need another playmaker. But see, Deion Branch has never been that playmaker. Yeah, that's not his role. He's not a playmaker. Um, he's a possession receiver, but he's not a playmaker. So I think their expectations of what Branch can – I think they know that Hilton is going to – they're going to have a rough time. They know what Belichick is able to do, and so they needed another another guy, and so they went out and got Deion, Deion Branch. Um, but I think a lot of that is just showmanship, and, but we'll see. Um, but that said, and I expect it to be a good game. I expect it to be a good game. 
But I, you know, Patriots at home, playoffs. I, I mean, just like what you said about Seattle being one and done, you can't see that happening. I can't see the Patriots being one and done. Um, I, I think the Colts are the Colts are going to keep coming, though. You know, I think we're, this team's not going anywhere over the next few years, and I think their time is coming. I just don't think it's this year. So I'm going with the Patriots. Um, so one of these games we actually are going to agree on. <laughs> um, right. Next, uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock game. Um, the 49ers travel to Carolina to play the Panthers. We saw the 49ers actually get uh, interesting. I'm a big wrestling fan. And uh, interesting that um, Ric Flair was was asked to come in and and do a uh a pregame kind of uh yay rah rah speech to the forty ers before the Packers game. Um and yet Ric Flair Roots is uh North Carolina. So um I'm I'm not really sure that I, from what I understand Steve Smith who was a big Ric Flair fan didn't take too kindly to that kind of thought that Ric Flair turned his back on his home state knowing that the Panthers were sitting there waiting. Um but never nevertheless uh you know, did the 49ers need that, though? You know, and that's what surprises me because, you know, you really need a Ric Flair to come in here and fire you up. Um, so, that said, uh, I'm going to take this one first. And, you know, if K-Star was here, K-Star would go with the Panthers. I can tell you that. He's a big Cam Newton fan, and um, he just feels like it's their time. Um, I do not. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the road team. I'm going to go with the 49ers. I, I still don't think the Panthers are there yet. Um, I'm still not completely sold on Cam Newton. Sorry. He, he plays well, but just, I don't know, something just, you know, quarterback and coach. Uh, I know Ron Rivera, and he has done a decent job in Carolina. Uh, he's a pretty good coach, but when I look at quarterback and coach, I, I, I'm going to give the slight edge to Kaepernick just on consistency and the big edge in coaching on Harbaugh over Ron Rivera. And you got two physical defenses going at it, which should be a great game to watch, but uh, I'm going with the 49ers to take this one. Train? Wow, this is a tough one, man. Um. I like what they have the Carolinas port Carolina ported on early on. Defenses I think um are tit for tat. Uh both their defenses can play well. So if I have to go with the offenses, um I think the more consistent would definitely have to be the Niners. They have the weapons, Crabtree, Bolden, Gore, uh, Vernon Davis, and uh they do have the experience of already being there, so I was going to go with the Carolina, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the, with the 49ers getting this road win. All right. And last but not least, um, Chargers at the Broncos. Um, Broncos. <laughs> uh, yeah, Broncos. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't even think this game is going to be close. I'm sorry. I think this will be the blowout of the weekend. Broncos, blow them out. Trey? I repeat my same statement as last week when I picked Cincinnati. Broncos are the better team. I'm going with Denver. <laughs> right, that going might with be Denver. a jinx. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be a jinx. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, I see a caller wants to get on. Uh, our old friend, Mr. Saints, welcome to the Madden Voice. Man, y'all didn't learn nothing from last year, did you? I knew he was coming <laughs> with it. You did learn nothing he was from with it. <laughs> Come on, man. History repeats itself. They told y'all last year. Y'all was talking about the same thing. <clears throat> And y'all said uh, the Ravens were going to get blowed out by the Broncos. And I told y'all, Peyton Manning chokes in big games. Mm. He's not the same dude. I wish he was. I love him. I want him to win the Super Bowl. But he's not the same guy. Mm. Mm. With that being said. So, so, so will you be calling in next week when the Broncos win this game? Broncos you tend are not going to win this game. You tend to not call in the next week when you're <laughs> wrong. I just, I just noticed the pattern that we don't hear from no, you. No, man. I, I, when have I been wrong? I've been right uh, the whole that's time. Not rehash. That's not rehash when you've been wrong. You've been wrong. Come on, <laughs> man. I told you Philly was going to the playoffs. Uh, and I told I, you that I'm the Ravens were going to lose last I'm, year. That's I'm, only I'm, the I'm, I'm, ask, I'm asking you a question that when Denver beats when Denver beats San Diego, I didn't. I I didn't say Denver was going to the Super Bowl. I said Denver will beat San Diego. That's all I said. When Denver beats San Diego, I just ask him, "Will you call in next week and take your lumps?" Because I'm here every week. So when I'm when I'm wrong, I, I, with if, if I'm I here. can't if I can't reach you here, most definitely I, I'll, I'll own up to it and, and get you guys somehow. My Notice my two is Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but but why do y'all think? Y'all really think it's going to be an easy game like that? Y'all picked them kind of quick. I was talking about that. I do. They beat them earlier this year, didn't they? They got them once. Yeah. Man. Yeah. No, I I think that that, that we're at a point in Peyton Manning's career where, and, and you say he chokes. He's been in two Super Bowls. I don't know where the choke comes from. Um, he's got he's lost playoff. like seven or eight first round playoff games. Yeah, but I was in he's lost games. more playoff games than he's won. I don't know that that's true. That's the truth. Uh, we're gonna look that up because I don't know. Look it up. He's lost more playoff true. games than he won. Well, maybe he's I, like at five hundred. Yeah, he may be. <laughs> so you don't know exactly. Yeah, that, that's. Yes, yeah, I, I I don't know that that's true. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick here. But my, my my point is that he's been in two Super Bowls. He's won one, and I, you know, in order to you know, it, 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 we've seen the Colts win. Um, you know, he's won a number of playoff games. You know, so he's lost more. The reason why and the reason why they won that one. You got to realize that Peyton Manning in his first. Uh, six or seven years didn't win didn't win any playoff games. It took him six years to win his first playoff game. Okay, yeah. so all of those playoff appearances that ended up in zero, you know, he started off like oh oh and five or oh and six. Okay, so so since then he's got a winning record in the playoffs. But if you look at the entire career, I'm gonna see if I can find this real Um you know, I, coming on here, man. With uh, the year with, they won the the Super Bowl, it wasn't because of Peyton Manning. It was because of their defense. 
But, but, their but, defense but, okay, was crazy don't, don't, in the playoffs. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, don't do that. Don't do that. They went crazy. Don't, 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 the don't, don't do that. Don't. You can't. You see, this is this is, this is, this is why. This is why we have shows like this to teach people. Okay, because you can't say he loses and then when he wins, but it wasn't. It, it, it had nothing to do with him. He gets the win. He gets the win. Okay, let's. Start. I mean, come on, let's man. Start. Don't take me literally. I say it had nothing to do with him, but I'm just saying it wasn't. He, even in the Super Bowl game. He, he he started doing really well, dumping it off of the – but then he throw like, two picks a uh, train to begin with. No, he ain't throw two picks. And let me tell you, our defense turned stupid in that game because we stopped blitzing. <laughs> that was working. And Peyton Manning started picking us apart. If you want me, yeah, I can recall that game like it was yesterday. So, yeah, he deserved it when he got it for him. Because he started picking our defense that was leading the league in turnovers. It was the second-ranked defense in the league in, in yards. He started picking us apart. He started dumping it off to the uh, to the back. It wasn't dump-offs, man. He was he picking us apart. No, they were not. Be. They were not blitzing anymore. They were only sending four dudes. And Peyton Manning started hitting us, hitting the holes in the zone, and moving the ball downfield. He would dump it. The baby was just talking about this game. Why, why are you asking? Why are you asking the question? Then, if you want, you know, you get the answer, that's and then he tells you the answer. He, he does remember. He just told train you. Was, the train was a train. Was he was a most? He, he got emotional right there in just second because we had some. Dude, it was our only playoff appearance <laughs> since '85. I remember the game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Every had some most Super Bowl appearance is eighty five. Yes, I remember. I'm sorry. I saw exactly what our defense did. We were blitzing Peyton Manning. He had to hurry up and get rid of the ball. It was working. We had one defensive breakdown where Daniel Manning missed his assignment on on uh, Reggie Wayne. They scored a touchdown, and Chicago stopped blitzing. They started playing. They started just going with the four-man rush, dropping back yeah. 11, and he started eating up the zone. And then they got did, to the point where their run game started opening up. Now, did, if you do want to give credit to the game? defense, I do remember, yes, when they made it to the playoffs that season, their run defense got better. Oh, man, they went crazy. But Peyton Manning still did his thing on that run. So, so, so here, here, are the, here are the facts on his playoff record. He has nine wins and 11 losses, including eight one-and-dones. Okay? That's what I'm saying. So nine wins and 11 losses. So, 11 my, losses. Point, so, so my, my, my point to you is that your statement of he always chokes in the playoffs is just not true. It's just not true. Because let's look at the eight one-and-dones, okay? So that's eight one-and-dones. So, so that's 0-8, right? That's each year he played one game and he lost. So that's 0-8. So now let's take out those 0 and 8 years, those 8 years 0 and 8. So the other years he's 11 and 1. Well, I so mean, eight, listen, did, nine I, and eleven. did I say he, I, I think I did. So I think you called me right. But I said he chokes nine in the playoffs. Or he always chokes in the playoffs. Well, I mean 9 and 3. The, nine the truth and, is 9 and 3. The truth is he's he's not the same. The, even in big games, I mean, I know you don't like the word, but you think everything, every game is a big game. But if you look at the ones when he played Patriots, we'll always say that's probably his biggest regular season games. Um, he, I think he has a, a losing record against other Patriots. They play almost yeah, every, every year. Yeah, but it's 
it's the Patriots. I mean, and this is Peyton Manning. He's, it's the this Patriots. Is Peyton he's Manning, the greatest regular he's, season quarterback of all time. He's just Tom Brady, the, the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, let's you know, come on now. You you know, you act like he's playing a scrub. He's playing. He's playing Tom Brady. You know, he's not I'm playing Tom Brady. Tell you, he looks different. I'm just telling you, the eye test. He's look. He looks different. I see him play a ton of games. He was in our division. Like only you, Saint, can take a guy who has or is about to break almost every throwing passing record in the NFL, who has a Super Bowl championship and another appearance, and sit here and talk all this negativity. We are talking about a guy who You yet, don't have to make it. It's just the absolute truth of the fact of the matter. He looks different in the playoffs. He just does. He doesn't look like the man who's murdering folks throughout the, the regular season. Um, Saint, I don't know if you realize, but you're in the what when you're you're playing other teams that are, have also either won their division or earned a wild card spot. You're you're playing tougher competition, okay? Well, and, and so, who are you comparing him to? If you're comparing him to Tom Brady, okay, but who can stand up to Tom Brady's career playoff record? Not many. So, if you're comparing him to Tom Brady, but are you going to say that? So, so what are your thoughts <laughs> on Rivers in the playoffs then? What are your thoughts on I mean, Rivers? Rivers is not even in the conversation, is he? Thank but you. That's should, that, but that's yeah, but he's that's playing the, the Chargers. That's the, that's the guy on the other side of the ball. Oh, you're saying? Oh, well, I mean, he's not. I'm talking about as legacy is concerned. He's not conversation as far as legacy. You're saying uh, the game. I, you know what? That's something I ain't even factored in. All I factored in is one. How can you not factor that in when that's the topic? Because the same reason why I didn't factor um, your boy in from last year. <laughs> What's your man named the, the quarterback for the, the Ravens? Flacco. I, I didn't it, think nothing about him when I picked him last year. Nothing. I, I don't think it's about that. I think, man, I, I listen, I'm rooting. No, it's not about the I other quarterback. You know, I will say this. I will always say this to you, saying I love your loyalty. I appreciate your support of the show. But your lack of logic just perplexes me that you can sit there and look at a game that's between San Diego and Denver and say, oh, I didn't even think about Phillip Rivers. Like, oh, that has nothing to do with it. I Are just you kidding told me? you the same reason why I didn't think about Flacco last year. That doesn't, mean it's right. was... that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't <laughs> mean it's right. It was the right pick. For the oh, okay. same exact now, reason why I'm telling you this year. Because you made the right man is not the, the same. He lost to the team, 38-35, to that went in and won the Super Bowl. He didn't lose to the scrubs. He lost the team that went in, and he put up 35 points against the Ravens with Ed Reed and, and, and Ray Lewis, and he put up 35 and points. Threw, and he threw two picks. And I know, and one was a pick six. I know, I saw the game. I saw the game. He's just not the same. The level of competition in the playoffs increases. So you can't expect that he's going to be able to throw, go in every game and throw for 450 yards and five touchdowns. That's not going to happen. That's okay, why but what, okay, so let me see. that you giving, you giving Peyton Manning a pass on this? I'm not giving him a pass. No, he's not I'm, giving him a pass. I'm not, what I'm saying to you do is you not that, factor, Do you not factor it in at all? What I'm saying to you is – 
statistically speaking, you said that he's a different quarterback in the NF in the playoffs. I say so is every other quarterback that goes in the playoffs. Every last one of them is a different quarterback in the playoffs. Some win more than they lose. Some lose more than they win. He's nine and eleven, including eight one and duns. So if you take out the eight one and duns, right? So that means he's what? What do, training? I come on nine, nine and three. Why, why are we taking out the eight one and done for? Because there's nine. Because there's, he's got eight years where he was one and done. So all the yeah. other years, the other years that matter in his career too, he's nine and three. He's got nine wins, including two Super Bowl appearances. So what I'm saying is, look at the totality of what he's done, and the fact that he's got, he's even gotten where he even has twenty playoff games. He even has no, 20. No, no, man, don't twist me up like I'm just saying he's – I'm not saying he's garbage or anything like that. Like I say, he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But if he keeps getting – if he ain't one and done, is a lot. I don't know what – you can't just toss that to the side like that. No, that's eight one and done from the – from who was arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. That's why this is even a conversation. That's why it's even a topic. But the point – the point he's making that I think you're missing is that, simply put, the competition, this is a season competition. We know what Peyton Manning does in the regular season, but you're not playing regular season competition. you playing guys that want the Super Bowl just as bad as you do. And to say he's different, I don't think he's different. I just think the competition is just tougher. And because it's tougher, yeah, you're going to see a different quarterback, but you're going to see, you're going to see different teams for that matter all across the board because the competition is tougher. And that's that's your excuse for eight one and does from you call it an excuse. I'm not making any excuse. That's just a fact. The competition is tougher. If we look at anyone's oh, man, record who has made it to the playoffs a lot, man, it's it's tougher. I mean if you if you want to switch and look at Tom Brady, they haven't won a Super Bowl in years. They keep going back. They keep getting there, but the competition is not allowing them to make the repeats. Listen, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. Everybody understands the playoffs competition is better. It's more intense. It's the playoffs. It's NFL. But I'm just saying, when legacy, <laughs> when you talk about legacy, it's somebody like Peyton Manning. You know, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. And in big time games, they don't get no bigger than the playoffs, and even even the Super Bowl, which I you know the Super Bowl, you know only one team can win anyway. But he just he's different, man. He looks different. As somebody who watched him play his whole career, he looks different in big games. He just looks I, different. I, 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 I'm I even knew I, I even knew what, uh, phone. I think everyone on this conversation has watched Peyton Manning his entire career. Okay, first of all. And my my point to you is real it's a real simple point is that this is a guy who has played against guys like Tom Brady who has five Super Bowl appearances in the same conference against Ben Roethlisberger, who has three Super Bowl appearances in the same conference, okay? He's not losing to scrubs. He's losing to top quarterbacks, 
Okay, these are the guys that have bounced him out when you say, you know, he doesn't look the same and he's losing. He's putting up 35 points against a Ravens team with Ray Lewis and, and Ed Reed, and you're sitting there saying, he just doesn't look the same. He just doesn't look right. He put up 35 points. Yeah, down the stretch. So like I said, in overtime, instead of, instead of what people expected when you say the greatest, and I know you can relate to this, too. You can relate to this. The measuring stick for the greatest is somebody like Joe Montana. And he was the greatest. I've never said that. I've always clearly, as a matter of fact, when we did our top five quarterbacks, I said Joe Montana was number one. That's what I'm trying to say. He's the measuring stick. Absolutely. Peyton Manning is not Joe Montana. But he's not Joe Montana either. He is is a very He's not Joe Flacco either. And he's not Joe Flacco either. He's better than Joe Flacco in the playoffs. Joe Flacco got the Super Bowl win last year, but he's better than Joe Flacco in the playoffs. But just you think know, about it. When it's all said and done, Joe Flacco would probably have a better playoff percentage. Well, he don't go every year like Peyton Manning does, but he'll have a better playoff percentage than Peyton Manning. I'm just well, saying, man, God, you know, well, we ain't got to go through this. I'm just saying he looks different. I, I, so I just want you calling in next week. Because uh, I know you'll call in if the Broncos lose. I have no doubt that you'll, whatever your scheduling <laughs> challenges are, if the Broncos lose, man, you'll be the first call I'll make my way week. to the phone. Oh, yeah, but if the Broncos win, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, the barbershop stayed open late, and, you know, I, I, had, I had a long line, and I had things to do, but, oh, T, I'm going to get to you. So I just hope you find time. I will. I, I will get humble and say, hey. Peyton did it. You, you know, T, you I was right. I don't mind eating pro. I, I'll give you another pick, too, because I thought you were so wrong about that. I, I think the Saints are going to get beat pretty easy. I believe it's going to be an easy game for Seattle at home. I don't think the Saints offense is as explosive as it used to be, and I think they're just going to get beat. You don't think the Saints <laughs> offense is as explosive as it used to be? No, man. I don't, no, not even I close can't. like it used to be. Are you kidding me? Do you watch the Saints? Yeah, I watched I watch the, watch the last two games. I watched the playoff games. And I watched them play Philly, which I was rooting for Philly. And I thought that, uh, you know, Philly has a terrible defense. Horrible. Everybody was and, picking um, Philly because the Saints don't play well on the road. The Saints don't play well outdoors. And so everybody was picking Philly. And, but just to see them have trouble with them for a minute, you know, they finally did get it together. But why, why would they uh, have trouble with them? It was five degrees outside, and you know, I mean, they they're not they're not going to play um, at Philly the way they play in New Orleans in their home stadium. That's not going to happen. Um, do you think the Saints? Do you think the the Seattle? If this was in New Orleans, you think Seattle would win? Uh, yeah, I think Seattle will win. Yeah. All right. Uh, it might you, be you, close enough, and I thought, but I, I think they're going to be you have no, pretty easy. You have, you have, you have no credibility, Saint. Well, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm they used They did to... it before, man. What are you talking about? When nobody yeah, expected them to win. Come on. Uh, no, I, I, no, I, that's not true. A lot of people, uh, Seattle is very tough to beat at home, and uh, most people pick Seattle to beat uh, the Saints uh, in Seattle. Uh, and I think most people are picking them to win again. Um, but for you to think that if it was in, you know, uh, um, I think I think most 
people that do what I do and do what Train does, I think we know that, that what the Seattle and New Orleans at one point before Carolina kind of snuck in there, it was kind of like, okay, the NFC is going to go through which stadium because that's going to be the advantage because the two toughest stadiums in the NFL to play in is Seattle and New Orleans. Those are the two toughest stadiums. So I'm going to tell you now, if Seattle was going to New Orleans, they wouldn't win. They would not win. They're not going to go to New Orleans and beat New Orleans in New Orleans. Um, but I think that Seattle, New Orleans has a chance because they've already been there. So they, they now they know. You know, they played the a game there. They, got, they know what they're up against, and it's playoff football. You know, and Peyton wasn't it Reese, a few years ago though that Seattle went to New Orleans and beat them the first round of the playoffs? Uh no. No, Seattle hasn't been to the playoffs since before Pete Carroll got there, so they they've been crap, garbage, nothing. So no, Carroll turned that. Well, I think I think it's gonna be a, a pretty easy game for Seattle. But like I said, I'll call him he pro on both of them if I'm wrong. He will be. I'm not saying Seattle. <laughs> I, 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 I will, you know, I pick in the Saints. I was shocked to see you pick the Saints to win. I, I think it'll be a very easy game. Well, very then, easy. then I, I expect, I definitely expect you to call in and eat crow because yeah, even if you're not a win, do it. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans ain't going. They're going. They're going. They're going to compete. Trust me. Um, yeah, they definitely going to compete. So, all right, Saints. Well, we'll see. Go. Yeah, I'll take it easy. You too. All right, thanks, Saint. Hey, hey, Train. I'm gonna ask you a question about your about your about your buddy. Does he watch football? Uh-huh. Does he watch the games? He, you're new to this <laughs> because he calls on the what? show. But before I left Nashville, before we started the Madden Voice, this was me in his chair every time I went to get a haircut. <laughs> I was going to say I'm new to this. I mean, I'm new to talking to him. No, I'm just asking. I'm asking. Watches the games because sometimes yeah, he does. He, he does. He, he watches the game. I wouldn't say he watches them as intently as we do, though. Uh, clearly, he doesn't. That, that's my point. No, clearly, he doesn't. doesn't. Um, yeah. But uh, his, his 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 analogy has been like this for for years. It makes it it's very entertaining for me. So when I go there to get my hair cut, it's it, it makes for a wild conversation. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't have you know I don't I don't have a problem with um his positions it's just they rarely are backed up with facts um and i like to bring some facts and i can understand the eye test but you know when you when you talk about peyton manning not being the same quarterback in the regular season and in the playoffs i mean people have to realize what i was saying first of all is the playoffs is a higher caliber of opponent secondly you've got 16 games in the regular season to to set your who you are you can throw in two or three stinkers and still have a great regular season where in the playoffs you could have one bad game and that's it and when you're playing guys and he happens to be in an error with two other great afc quarterbacks have multiple super bowls ben roethlisberger tom brady i mean you know and and these these guys played on great teams you know, 
And, I mean, that's just the reality of what he's had to play. You know, we can go back in the NFL history, right, and we can talk about some Buffalo Bills teams that were the best teams in the AFC year after year. Unfortunately, there was a better team in the NFC. We can talk about a Minnesota Viking team that was the, the, the best team in the NFC year after year. But, unfortunately, there was a better team in the AFC. So, you know, they're, they're, you know so are we saying Fran Tarkington was a scrub? Um, you know, he, right. he couldn't get it done and all of that. Well, you know, he, he was playing in an era where, you know, there were other quarterbacks that were on better teams in the AFC that were getting it done. You know, are we saying Roger Staubach lost uh, three Super Bowls? Is he a scrub? You know, I'm sorry, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowls. Um, is he a scrub? No, he won two Super Bowls. You know, so, I mean, you, you have to keep in mind – the error that these guys are playing in and who the competition is and keep it in perspective. And, you know, yes, Peyton Manning is nine and 11 in the super in, in the playoffs. Uh, he has eight one and duns and I'm not excusing those one and duns, but I would assure you if you looked at who he was playing, um, you know, you, you know, when you lose to a Ravens team like last year, and that team goes off and win the Super Bowl. Well, are we saying that Peyton Manning is a scrub? Are we saying that he didn't show up, or are we just saying, hey, that he, that team had a better team, you know? And he puts 35 points on the board. I mean, I think he did his job, you know. So I mean, I just think you have to look at the totality of what goes on. And you know, you're in a situation with Jay Cutler. I have Tony Romo, and who knows who who, who uh, Saint has in Tennessee. But, you know, if we have quarterbacks can, can, that can do even remotely as good as Peyton Manning in the playoffs, we'd be pretty happy. If I'm sitting here arguing about Tony Romo with one Super Bowl win and one Super Bowl loss and five one-and-dones and eight one man, that's a great conversation for me to have. Unfortunately, I don't have anything like that. I've got one playoff victory, period. That's what I got from our franchise quarterback. So when I look at that and then I look at a Peyton Manning, I say, yeah, what are we complaining about? Yeah, he lost, but who did he lose to? Tom Brady. Who did he lose to? Ben Roethlisberger. Who did he lose to? I mean, to? really, you, if you want to consider who he lost to, we're talking, about, we're talking about an era where at one point it was like whatever ALC team made it to the Super Bowl was going to win. That's what era Peyton Manning was in. Yeah, and we're talking about if you if you want to talk about who he had to go go against, those were those were top five defenses he played in the playoffs. Absolutely, I mean, that's that's really who he had to play against. Yeah, those well, we know what the Steelers. We we know what the Ravens yeah. have. We know what the Steelers did, and we know what Belichick. I mean, over the last couple of years, the the Patriots defense hasn't been what it used to be. But back when Teddy Bruschi and those guys were playing, oh, the yeah, Patriots absolutely lights out. Yeah, and so, then if you couple that with a quarterback that can get it done on the other side of the ball, I mean, it makes it makes for a very tough team to compete to to win against. So Peyton Manning has had his hands full, especially playing on a coach team that was more so always one sided up until Tony Dungeon came and they got uh, they went all the way and got got the Super Bowl that one year. Then they started being a little bit more even kill the defense started to started to match the offense a bit more. Yeah, I want to look something up real quick and I know we're 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 kind of over um a bit here, but I'm curious. I'm going to see if I could find real quick um Peyton Manning's 
career um, um, postseason statistics. I'm looking Wikipedia. For. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it here. Um, um, and I want to compare it to um, um, Tom Brady. As we know, Tom Brady has a better uh, winning win and loss uh, win and loss um, you know postseason. We we know that. But I'm just curious when we look at passing, right? Because that's what quarterback that's what he does, right? So you know, if we looked at Peyton Manning, and I'm wondering how significant of a difference that we we could find here. And I'm 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 hunting here, so it may take a second. All right, postseason. Um, all right, I got I got um. I got, I got uh, Peyton, and now I think I've got Brady too. Okay, so, all right, so, um, so Brady. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they have it. They don't have it set up the same. Um, this one, one of them, both Wikipedia. But the Brady one, they don't show the wins, which is Brady has 24 postseason games. I was just wondering how many wins he's got, but they're not showing the wins. But on Manning, they're showing the wins. Uh, well, that kind of sucks. Um, so percentage, completion percentage in the postseason, uh, Peyton Manning is 61%. Tom Brady is 62.3%. Okay. Um, let's see. They played... 20 games and 24 games, uh, touchdown to interception, uh, Peyton Manning, 32 touchdowns to 21 interceptions, Brady, uh, well, this is significantly better, 42 touchdowns to 22 interceptions. So Brady, uh, on, on the touchdown to interception ratio, is uh, better. And passing rating... Uh, is almost a wash. Peyton Manning, 86.2 in the postseason. Tom Brady, uh, 87.3. So, um, so I mean, yards, I mean, I don't know, kind of, you know, games, uh, four games different. Um, Brady, almost six, I mean, uh, yeah, Brady, almost 6,000 yards. And uh, Peyton, 5,700 yards. So Peyton's probably got a little bit of a higher yard per average game. But, you know, from what I'm seeing statistically, other than uh, Brady's probably got 10 more touchdown passes. So his touchdown to interception ratio is better. Um, other than that, the statistics, and I really wish that, they could, that I, I had the wins here. It would really, you know, it, would, it would be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm sure that Brady has a better win-loss record in the postseason, but they, they, they're they not giving this to me here. Kind of makes me mad. <laughs> um, but I, I think the point that I'm making here is, you know, it's not it's – it's not it, – Brady showing a little bit better statistically, but it's not an annihilation. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a lot closer than I think you would think based on the fact that Brady's been the five Super Bowls and Peyton Manning's been the two. You know, the fact that Peyton Manning has had eight years of being one and done, um, and I don't know how many Tom Brady has had, but I don't believe it's eight. You would think that Brady has just totally lit it up compared to Peyton Manning, and 
it's pretty doggone close. So if Peyton Manning, if, I don't if think Tom, Tom Brady, Brady has any one and done season. Um, I I think he does. I I don't think I think he does. I don't I don't believe so. See, I think every time the Patriots have made it, they've at least won their first game. Um, let's see. Uh, oh nine, oh ten, one and done. Oh nine, oh ten, man. Yeah, one blemish. Yeah. Um, it, it does tell me. Well, two years, two thousand nine and two thousand ten. They won. They were one and done both those years. Um, it doesn't tell me wins <laughs> and losses. It tells me games started. And those years, just one game each. Um, so, and for Peyton Manning, um, his first three years, one and done. Then in 03, he got two wins and then lost. 04, uh, one, one, and then lost. Uh, 05, one and done. And then uh, 2006, won the Super Bowl. 07, one and done. 08, one and done. Um, 2009, um, three games, one, two. 2010 is last year in uh, Indy, one and done. And then uh, last year, one and done. So three, four, five, six, seven. So, yeah, eight years, one and done. And Brady has two. And, and, and I will say that, that that's a significant uh, difference between the two quarterbacks. Is that all Peyton Manning, though? You know, that's what, then that's 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 my whole thing when it comes to comparing. It, you can't you can't really just compare quarterback to quarterback. You have to compare the totality of the team. And if you're looking at the totality of the team, you know when when the the uh, Patriots went on those you know, those Super Bowl run, running you know three out of within four years, they had a very good football team. I mean, every side of the ball was was top notch. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at uh, Philip Rivers just for comparison purposes. Um, fifty-eight percent, fifty-eight and a half percent of his postseason passes completed, and a postseason rating of seventy-nine point two. And he's played um, seven postseason games. So. Um, uh, you can kind of conclude, I can kind of figure that he's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, five. So he's two and five um, in the postseason, Phillip Rivers. He should have had more wins. They gave one to the, to the, uh, gave one back to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so, you know, I appreciate everybody if you're out there listening, indulging us a bit. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, 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 I like to just have a little more meat to, to the substance when you have an opinion about something. I, I, the eye test gets you so far, but I think statistics and, and, you know, I think you combine what you see and then sometimes you can watch a game, you know, and, 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 and think that, you know, a, a guy played out of his mind and then you go back and you look at the stats and you realize, well, he didn't play as well as you thought or, or vice versa, you could think the guy played like crap, and then you realize, well, he didn't play such a bad game, you know. And and I do think the other aspect of it is the fact that it is a team game, and you do have to have, you know, you do have to take into consideration the defense, you know. And uh, my point, the Saint last year was he put up 35 points, you know, but 
yeah. defense allowed 38. You know, and 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 I think at any point when you ha- when you get into the point where you're allowing more than 30 something points, um, your quarterback did his job. You know, it's, you you can't expect that your quarterback every week is going to go out there and put up 30, 40 points. Um, you know, you, you like to think that they can and will, but there's sometimes you need your defense to do something. So, and um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting with the Broncos. I don't, I don't, I don't think at one point in time I picked them to go to the play um, Super Bowl. I did pick them to, um, you know, be in the playoffs, but I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. And um, we'll see what happens this week because I don't believe in making Super Bowl picks early because it's really shot in the dark. You make them when it's, when it's time to, you know, after these games, you're down to four teams, and you decide who you think is going to go to the Super Bowl. And um, we'll, go, we'll go from there. So, anyway. All right, hey, Train, last, last thoughts, last comments from you. Hey, this is looking for another week of, like, tough games. If anything, I've loved the last week was that we had a slew of close games with the exception of one. And that just makes it fun to watch football. So hopefully another weekend of that, uh, and then making another fun weekend of just watching some football. Yeah, I you know, um, I will just echo those sentiments. And uh, it, it's it's this is a very sad time because football is winding down. The weather's cold. You you know, there's just not a lot of things to do when the weather's cold. I mean, at least for us, uh, what's temperature out your way? Now, where, where where do you live? What town do you live in? I live in a town called Hawthorne. Uh, really, it's all it's all uh, L.A. County, uh, Southern California, and okay. I'm really like just outside of L.A., like ten minutes from oh, okay. LAX. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, I got some Madden people out there, man. Um, so what what was the temperature today out there? Uh, today was in the seventies. Yeah, I hate Mid-70s, you. Mid-70s, I uh, believe. Yeah, I hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I don't talk about the weather, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk about the weather, man. I miss, you know, I miss the beach. I got my motorcycle in the garage. I looked at it today, and it looked at me, and it said, it said, hey, I'm just sitting here waiting. You know, um, uh, you know, when football winds down, for me, um, life gets very boring <laughs> because I don't have football. I don't really get into basketball until spring. Um, uh, at least the Winter Olympics are coming, so I will watch the Winter Olympics. I love the Olympics, so I will watch that. But there isn't a lot to do because the days are short. It's cold. You know, we, we're out here. It's zero-degree weather. And so, uh, thankfully, at least there's four games this weekend and keep keep us going. But, I, you know, pretty soon I'm going to be calling you, Train, talking about – um. Yeah, what are you doing? You know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be bothering you, you know, because I ain't got nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, listen. I hope everybody enjoyed the Madden Voice. Uh, it's our pleasure to come and deliver this to you week after week, and um, enjoy the games this weekend. We expect it to be four great games. Um, I expect Saint to have to call in and eat some crow next week. Um, Titans interview Bengals. Jay Gruden. Okay. Interesting. Um, so enjoy football, and, uh, you know, we'll be back here, uh, I don't know, either Monday or Tuesday of next week. We didn't do Monday because of the BCS game, so um, we may go back to Monday next week. I don't know yet, but check your local listings. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Twitter. Um, thank you to the new people that followed me on Twitter, by the way. I got some really interesting people this week that followed me on Twitter, um, and I, you know, I don't know if they're listening to the show, but if they are, I want to say thank you. Appreciate it. So for uh, my man, Dr. Train, 
for K-Star. Uh, I hope you uh, get your situation squared away out there in Indianapolis for my brother. And, uh, you know, I uh, look forward to having you back with us next week. I want to say enjoy the games this week. It's been my pleasure, me, Commissioner T, to host the Madden Voice for you. I look forward to it each and every week. And, uh, you know, all this discussion and all of these disagreements uh, will get settled on the field. Enjoy the games this week, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.